Hi Tom, hi Steve, ich wünsche euch eine tolle Show. Vielleicht kann ich bald meinen Senf dazugeben. Welcome, everybody, to Masters of Profundication. I am Tom Witham. I'm Steve Piles. And I'm Rob Patton, back again. Joining us for his swan song is Rob Patton. He is is going away. Well, he'll still be here, but he'll probably be a zombie. On the nights that we record, he will probably be sleepy. Yes. You know what I I feel like we could do is, in the future, if we want to have his input, we could give him the topic. And he could record his thoughts so we could dub him in and certain <laughs> play his voice in certain instances. What do you think, Rob? I agree with that statement. That's all we need. Just I agree. We'll just we'll isolate him saying, I agree. I, I hope there would be inappropriate comments like watch a Serbian film and fuck you. I yeah, agree. Would, yeah, I agree. Fuck, fuck you. And then we just play that over and over again. <laughs> Boobies? boobs so So, anyway what's going on guys i've been keeping it real how about you i have been i've been knee deep in uh my plex server oh yeah becoming all techno wizard yeah i don't like it i (laughs) wish that it was no i love it i just wish that all the work was done for me i what started as a labor of love has now turned into something that i just a i wish it worked 100 (laughs) percent Which I'm working the bugs out of it, but B, I really wish that it would somebody would come to my house and rip all my DVDs into MP4 files. You need you need some child labor. Yeah, I know. I I need somebody to just sit in front of it and well, you know, they, DVDs. They, they say kids learn so fast; they're sponges. And <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, you might have a couple of kids handy. <laughs> yeah, but I, you just gotta sell it. You gotta really. Do the PR for it. I don't think I could trust them. To do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, I don't know. It wouldn't. Go if you ever want to watch a Disney movie again, you will sit down. I can barely you will do rip. It, so. Silence of the Lambs, and you will like it. I don't remember when I watched Silence of the Lambs for the first time. What year did that come out? Two-ish, maybe ninety-three. I don't know. Was it? Oh, it was earlier than that. Yeah, I it, it, it was probably too. was. You know, it was ninety-one. So 91. You know, not too far off. But I said ninety-two-ish. That me that was good yeah anytime you add ish to the end of anything it's like an airbag saves you um it came out 1956 ish i'd say yeah it's like 1956 (laughs) in the sense that it's in the in the calendar it was a year yeah it was a year of our lord yeah it's like when i tell my wife yeah i paid that bill ish ish (laughs) Mm, sure i did um note for anybody that doesn't know what a plex server is i've since Oh, March, I think. I've been building a server piece by piece. Uh, and um, I've got what the, what's... Well, it's a piece of software called Plex. And I can rip my DVDs into digital format. Digital format? What did I say? Juju? Digital format. Juju format. Juju format. And then you put it on the server and connect the server to an app like, say, on your Roku or any smart TV that has Plex, and it acts just like Netflix. But um, I, I have it working, and about 75% of the movies that I want to rip work. 
otherwise there's no some of them have no sound some of them the sound is off by just like two seconds which is unacceptable um in mm-hmm. a small handful don't even work in the dvd rom <laughs> so well that's not plex's fault no, that's not. I can't. I can't blame that. And it's not Plex's fault that the other ones don't work. Plex is running smooth. Oh, it's so smooth. Mm. And uh, it's the it's the copying of the DVDs that is the challenge. Mm. Me no likey. That's well. Hopefully, you got all got all the porn, all the important stuff, <laughs> all the important stuff. <laughs> ah. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. No, I'm. I started with the '80s. It, you know how 80s. hard it is to find '80s movies on, say, Netflix or Hulu or Amazon. Cody. Yeah, I. That's such a hard sell. Cody is a hard sell because it <laughs> it works like a dog. I don't know. It doesn't work very well for me. I guess maybe if I used it more. Yeah, I don't. It's a necessity for some things, and then for the most part, I don't even bother with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I I have it as well, and it's like I want to watch one specific movie, and I'll have to try three or four different add-ons, and it's yeah. varying quality, and um, yeah, that's it's a headache all in itself. But when it when it works, and it works to the quality that you want, it's you're so happy that you have it. Well, yeah. I mean, TV shows that are new seems to work well for me. You know, newer movies, if I I usually steer away, but you know, if I need to. It works well, but yeah, like going back to the '80s or something, it sucks. Like that far back, uh, it's a it's a real crapshoot for me. So I, I I feel your pain in a completely other category. Yeah, well, it like I said, I get about seventy five percent of them to work, but it takes so long to rip a DVD. It takes you know fifteen, ten, fifteen minutes. That's a long time. Usually, I just kind of set it and forget it. And uh, then I've got to come back to it at some point and test it. And if it doesn't work, I've got to try a different setting. So, you know, it could take could take hours just to get one movie ripped off a DVD uh, in a really good quality. That sounds fully tedious. Wow. Yeah, and I have like 500 and something DVDs. Yeah. Oh, my so gosh. Buckle up. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> That's why I'm saying that I'm not enjoying this process. But the movies that I did rip and they work perfectly... I mean, it's a, it's like a miracle. It's I feel like, like there's got to be some kind of third world sweatshop you can farm this out to. I just package <laughs> up a load of DVD well, and send it to Thailand or something. If the if the laws were such that I could just go find the somebody that's already ripped them, say on a BitTorrent site or something, mm. but that's a legal gray area at best. Not, just go in the deep web. Yeah, it might not even be a legal gray area. It might just be <laughs> illegal. <laughs> I know, but I own the media. I own the D. I own the disc. Your I should have. <laughs> it's mine. This isn't right. This isn't justice. <laughs> yeah, my luck. My judge would be Art, uh, Art Vandelay. This so-called court of law. <laughs> you and your justice. I spit on you. Ooh, speaking of spit, I just got done sending a vial of my spit to strangers through the mail. Oh, Ooh. did you do the DNA thing? Ah, you knew what I was talking about. I wanted you to make a guess that was weird and inappropriate. I was hoping. Yes, yes, I did the DNA thing. But uh, I could also just send random strangers my spit, I think, you know. Nobody but why would me. you send spit? Why wouldn't you send send something more interesting? <laughs> you got to start you got to start small, and if they're intrigued, then you can move up to other bodily fluids. Oh, I see. I so if, if you yes. get a letter back saying <laughs> that mystery fluid tasted great, can you send more? <laughs> it tasted great and was less filling. I could say well, I got something that doesn't taste quite as great, but it's more filling. 
if you would be interested in that. 16 grams of protein per tablespoon? That's right. Mm-hmm. It's good for you. And no no medicine tastes good. The best medicine tastes bad. <sighs> I'm not sure what I'm getting at here. <laughs> so was, I want to call me like, Mary Poppins. That's, that's, I think that's what I'm getting at. Did you uh, do the – is this Ancestor.com? Yes, I, I was intrigued oh. enough to do this. So you you sent your DNA off to the Mormons. <laughs> is it the Mormons? Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yep. You, I didn't know that. You're, you're in the database. Well, maybe I'll be saved now, though. I doubt I'll it. be like, if it's Mormons, I get my own planet when I die, I'm pretty sure. I think that's what the deal what? is. What? Are you kidding? No, I'm pretty sure that's what... I want you, my own planet. You get your own planet, and you get a shit ton of wives when you die. Oh. Uh, well, fuck that. I'll just take yeah. a planet, please. <laughs> maybe if you well, kept I'm... them on an island on your planet, it'd be okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, think about it. If you got a planet like Earth, you could live in Australia. They could all live in... You know, Antarctica or something, and then you could ferry one over every once in a while or a couple at a time. <laughs> Send them back when you're done. Yeah. <laughs> Boat's leaving. Go on, number three. Because <laughs> why would you uh, name them? I mean, seriously. So, what do you wish to uh, gain from sending your DNA off to the Mormons? Well, I wish to not gain Mormons tracking me and telling me that, you know, Joseph Smith was my ancestor and I need to join the fold. Too late. Because I did not realize this at all. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I just I was curious. Somebody at work did it. I, they showed me, and I was curious about you know what I was going to be. And I feel like you know I'm pretty sure I'm unique enough that they could come back and say, "Oh my God, you're a strange case, and you're probably from Atlantis, and we need to study you and make you our god." I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. Wow, that's how it works. How much did this cost? <laughs> like a hundred bucks. Well, no, they had oh, they were running a special. Man. It was like seventy five bucks because they were running a special. I, I take yeah. it. Back. Oh. But they tell you, like, your ancestors they're always came from. running a special. So did somebody show up and you give them $75 and you spit on their face and then they take it? I mean, you're, um, you're, that, that's a lot of money. For this DNA thing or just as a regular weekend? Hey, <laughs> however it goes. Uh, no, they send you a package. You oh. get a little plastic vial. You spit into it up to a line and then you add this blue stabilizing agent, shake it up and put it back in the package and mail it. Like, somebody's job is to take packages of spit and handle them. That's disgusting. Which, it sounds bad, but what's our job's traditionally been like for years? So, I mean... Yeah. yeah. yeah more mean, than spit. Yeah, certainly more body fluids than spit. Like, spit is a blessing. Yeah, if it's just spit, I'm like, mm. hey, you know what? You're actually a good guy. You know, like, <laughs> when you feel something wet hit your face and you're like, God, I hope that was spit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you see something crusted in the corner of a cell and you hope that the guy just was really angry was you know saying it and spraying it but not <laughs> what you think it is okay i'm gonna be <laughs> that would be great if you said <laughs> if you said semen and then they write back and they're like i think you misread the instructions <laughs> <laughs> you'd be like all then, right but you're welcome anyways yeah um that's interesting i would like to do that but I was this summer. I had a conversation with my family about um, they know they know people that have done it, and in the family, people have done it, and it's supposed to connect you with other people that have done it. And more bang for the buck if you wait and let everybody else do it first. When you do it, then you get more data. That's what I think. Well, it's been it's been kicking around for a while, so I don't know. Maybe uh, they did ask me if I wanted to release the data like to tracking agencies. And I actually said yes. No, I actually did say yes. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. If you had all the penny, the government has your DNA on file. So, uh, Simpsons reference. Sorry. Simpsons. I actually knew that. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I want to do it, but I don't want to do it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't want to not do it because I think the government's going to track me. They already took my DNA when I joined the army. They, they swab. Oh, so yeah. I'm already on some government tracking list anyway. I just don't want to pay for it. I like you're doing them a favor by sending your DNA because now they can, they have more data to add to their database. It, I know that they have to pay. It's like <clears throat> they have technicians and stuff. They have to pay. But it's the goddamn Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I mean, can't they get their people to pay for it? <laughs> <laughs> they built that giant temple, you know? All they got to do is say it's a divine revelation that God wants them to, you know, pay for DNA swabs, and boom, there you go. Yeah, then do it. They get divine revelations all the goddamn time. I did not know this was a Mormon thing. I, I'm actually a little... I think, do we talk about this? That every time I find out something or someone that created something was a Mormon, I lose respect for it automatically. Like, that's a no. knee-jerk reaction I have every time. Uh, I think that's great. Uh, I can't help. Every every time I find out that some content, like a movie or a song or a sci-fi novel or some of that was made by a Mormon, I immediately lose respect for it. Which do you have less respect for, Mormons or Scientologists? Scientologists. Because Mormons are freaky, but they're actually... They live, like, decent lives for the most part. They're, like, actually disciplined and shit. Scientologists are assholes. Yeah. Great. That one Scientologist that listened to this podcast now. <laughs> there he goes. He knew who he was. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I have family members and good friends that are Mormons, so. I'm sorry, Tom. I apologize. <laughs> you don't have to apologize to me. I'm not offended. That's good, because I'm actually not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, chances are great that they don't listen. Okay. But um, I will say this: yeah. I can separate the the person from the from the police system. I kind of have to. But uh, yeah, I it, this is a an irrational knee jerk thing. That hey, I was also the guy that in the nineties hated the last more set for no apparent reason whatsoever. Right. So who's the psycho now? Yeah, exactly. I'm <laughs> I'm an asshole. I really am. No, nobody's saying that. <clears throat> Well, last more that might be saying I don't. I'm sure she is. She's probably written an ironic song about it. <laughs> well, probably not actually. Well, it, more of a coincidence. Yeah, more of an unfortunate series of events, but not, a, <laughs> but not an ironic song. Oh God, irony! Is it irony or ironies? No, no, it's no. not. Well, let's say we get started. Unless right, you so... want, do you want to talk now about our our revisiting of trivia night, or should we do that later when we're talking trivia? We should do that later. <laughs> what is it? Our blo- get our blood angry up and ready to go. When we get all mad, we should get all mad talking about trivia. Mexico, night. Mexico, goddamn, Mexico, Google. <laughs> <laughs> this will all make sense later. We're not, we're not just raging racists. I swear. No, well, no, I refuse to discuss that question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're talking about thrillers, motherfucking thriller, thriller night. Yeah. For anybody that would like to know, Steve is dancing like a zombie. Do, 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 do. Okay, he wasn't until do, I said do, do, it. Now he is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, not well. Not technically Michael Jackson's thriller, but the genre of thrillers. Thrillers. What is a thriller? I think the first thing that people think of when they think thriller is why, if you're thinking about the category, what makes a thriller as opposed to a horror like, what's the dividing line? Well, for me, I think thrill, uh, horrors are more gory. A thriller doesn't necessarily have to... It can contain gore, but it, I don't think, for the most part... I think if you were to take a horror and a thriller, the what would separate it would be, A, the high drama, and 
you you would you would replace the gore with drama. That's what I consider a thriller. See, I well, I'll, what do you think, Rob? What do you what do you what do you think the difference between a horror and a thriller is? I mean, there the thing with the thriller category is that it does blend. I mean, it it is it, it encompasses other other genres out there within it. Oh. Um, it's just kind of because I I see a lot of movies that can be like action or they can be horror. Um, even some sci-fi, but they can also still end up not only in those categories, but also in the thriller categories. Um, I kind of, again, just a crude thought of what I think a thriller is, is is a kind of edge on, you're on the edge of your seat. There's an intensity. There's, um, you know, there can be some gore, but yeah, obviously if there's too much of one element, then you're obviously straight out of that thriller category. But I think it's that that emotional um, edge of your seat intensity um, kind of realm for it. I, I I guess is how I would sum that up. Well, yeah, actually, I think you hit the nail. Well, according to my research, uh, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. What I, I I looked at some somebody's like little essay about what they think of the difference between a thriller and a horror is, and I wrote this down. But the guy said horror equals scares. Thriller equals chase. And what I took that to mean was thriller is you're at the edge of your seat, just like you said. Whereas horror, you want to sink back into your seat. Uh, I like that. Uh, so, like, basically, I'll go through uh, this because this guy hit it hit a lot of points that I didn't think of that makes a lot of sense to me. Is that in horror, characters frequently make active decisions that take them directly into the monster's literal or metaphorical layer. Like, the thing I'm thinking about right now is I went and saw the It remake uh, last weekend, which is... As an aside, the, one of the best horror movies I've seen it, in a long time, maybe ever. Dominating the rock it. Yeah, it's it made a so lot good. Of- but if you guys, and it, it, you guys, I'm sure saw the miniseries from the '90s, if not read the book. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it hits all the same plot points. So they go at one point, they go to hunt down the monster. They go into that old house. They go down into the sewers. Like that's not what you would see in a thriller, because in a thriller, what you have is the antagonist driving the action. The protagonist is usually unwilling. And being chased, or they just want to live a normal life, but the antagonist is going after them in some way, shape, or form. Or they have to do it, like if it's a cop thing, they have to do their job because the job demands it. But they just be happy ignoring this guy, but the guy just keeps coming up and doing things. Whereas a horror, a lot of times, they're pursuing the monster. Because the monster exists and the monster is an existential threat, the, the protagonists have to hunt it down, have to try to find it, have to be proactive and go after it. That's one of the biggest elements between thriller and horror. So, like in it, they go after it. Like it is screwing with them, and you know they they would they would definitely want to lead normal happy lives. But the thing exists, and they know if they just ignore it, it's going to kill them or somebody they love. Whereas thrillers are, if they can just get away, they'll be fine. That the danger will pass. But the antagonist is a is a hunter is chasing them down. That's like most of the thrillers you have. Um, basically, people want to be thrilled. Why it's called a thriller, or you want to be scared, so you want to be disturbed, you want to be gross, like you said, gross out. You want to be, uh, you you know, you're not gonna see a lot of fountains of blood and you know babies being eaten in a, a standard thriller. That's gonna be reserved for horrors. Although I guess I can't really think of a good example of baby being. Eaten. <laughs> not sure why my mind went there, but well, what I've been doing with all the genre is going to Box Office Mojo and looking at their subcategories. Are you ready for the oh, thriller? Man. Thriller subcategories for box office mojo. Yes. Oh wait, wait, wait. One more, one more thing that I saw. Sorry, just a one more thing I saw about horrors and thrillers is that exposition is given to the characters in horrors 
like through dreams or confessions. But audiences and thrillers want to unravel the mystery, which makes a lot of sense to me, which I kind of, I'll probably touch on when we start talking about examples and stuff. But yeah, thrillers are, you, you are along for the journey. I, horror movies, somebody sits down and explains the whole spiel to you. I can think of one of my favorite examples of that is The Game. Oh, that's a great Yeah, game. oh yeah. That's just a pure example thriller. Yeah, that you're absolutely along for the ride. You don't right. know what's around the next corner. But more on that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these are the sub-genres, subcategories for thrillers in Box Office Mojo. So we have Thriller Erotic. Nice. Yeah. Thriller On the Run. Okay. Thriller Political. Then they have it broken up to Thriller Psycho slash Stalker slash Blank from Hell. Blank from Hell. <laughs> I imagine that's a fill in the blank, whatever is coming from hell. And Teddy then Bear. <laughs> thriller Serial Killer. Those yeah. are the subgenres on Box Office Mojo. Now, the two subcategories that have the most movies are Political and Serial Killer. I think that's very telling. Yeah, well, I mean, Serial Killers. Jeez, you can almost say serial killer is its own genre, aside from thriller or horror. Well, let me read you that. Um, let me read you a couple of the serial killer thrillers. Hey, number one movie making serial killer thriller is Hannibal. Uh, made one hundred and sixty five huh. million. Number two is The Silence of the Lambs with one hundred and thirty million. Then Basic right. Instinct. Then Seven. Red Dragon. Saw two. Saw three. Bone Collector. Saw four. The Cell. Kiss the Girl. Sea of Love. On and on and on and on. Um, the the cell is that that uh, J Lo one? Yep, yeah. Jennifer Lopez. I actually yeah, yeah. really like that movie. That's, that's a good movie. movie. Really cool. I, yeah. I actually watched that movie um, maybe a week ago. I actually watched that movie, and it is. I don't. I don't think it's the best movie, but it's definitely. It's very visually appealing. There's a lot yeah, of right. scenes in that that are just. They really stick with you. It was well done. Yeah. You know, I usually pretty into any movie that chops up a horse. Wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did I just confess something? Oh, you did. Um, So the next most category is political thrillers. And I'm a little bit wishy-washy on the very on the number one. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. I know it probably will make sense in the long run. But as far as political thrillers go, the number one grossing is Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I I could see it. I mean, that's yeah, I would put that way more into the action. Like there's probably a. Like I said, horror versus thriller is what I think of, but there's definitely a thriller versus action. Agreed. Uh, I would put that way more into action. Agreed. Um, that made $259 million plus. Uh, the number two comes in with Air Force One. I, see action. I don't I don't see that either. Yeah. I, I, I think that's definitely more of an action movie. Um, yeah. Number three, it, Traffic. Four is Clear and Present Danger. Five, Hunt for Red October. Six, Some of All Fears. Seven, Enemy of the State. In the Line of Fire, The Pelican Brief, Olympus Has Fallen, Patriot Games, White House Down, The Interpreter, blah, 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 blah. These so are like Harrison Ford movies. Are yeah, basically Harrison movies <laughs> where, well, I mean, it's, these are the political thrillers. Yeah. You, have to, you have to wait until, uh, let me see, oh, 16 is V for Vendetta. I really like that one. Um, but, I mean, A, uh, No Way Out. See, that's what I was looking for. Number 28, $35.5 million. That's all that made. Which one's No Way Out? That's the one with Kevin Costner and uh, Gene Hackman, and he's a Navy commander that's uh, chasing never saw down. That oh, that is that's probably one of the best endings of any movie I've huh. seen in you know recent times. Unlike The Mist, which is the best ending ever. Oh. But this, this oh, is old boy. Don't forget Old Boy. Old boy yeah, Old Boy is a good one. <laughs> uh, oh, this is, these are the this is what Box Office Mojo, which you 
you tend to disagree with most of the time. But uh, this is what they've done for their subcategories and their money. So yeah. the uh, erotic thrillers, number one is Fatal Attraction, then Basic Instinct, Disclosure, I was say, Basic Instinct's got to be up there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Eyes Wide Shut, um, Liver, Wild Things, uh, Body Heat. So hmm. those are the erotic I'm, thrillers. I'm, I'm not too shocked in, about any of those in that category. No, I, no, no. no. I, I get all those. Although Fatal Attraction, I, I actually never saw. but I So maybe I'm biased, but I would have thought Basic Instinct would be like the flagship with that, for that category. I mean, Sharon Stone Cooch, right there. That's thrilling, all by you itself. Yes. Beat that. <laughs> that also, Fatal Attraction. You would beat also, that. You, you beat to that. that, you <laughs> yes. don't beat that. Well, Thriller, Psycho, slash Stalker, slash Blank from Hell, Fatal Attraction comes in number one there, too. Number Blank two is Sleeping with the Enemy, The Hand that Rocks the Cradle, uh, Cape Fear, um, Single White Female. Yeah, I was going to say Single White Female. Yeah. Uh, one Hour Photo. That's a Robin Robin Williams movie. I watched like yeah, half that. That's funny. As soon as just like a half a second before you said one hour photo, the image of Robin Williams popped up in my head. That's actually kind of freaky. So that's like, really? that real quick. What's that? Uh, I was just I was thinking, what movie is that with Robin Williams? And he said one hour photo. I'm like, oh shit, there it is. Because <laughs> yeah, we all float down here. In, in in one hour photo, he sits and he watches a Simpsons episode, and Does I always he? found it depressing. Yeah. Oh, because like those watch. I was like, oh, God. Just because you're a Simpsons fan doesn't mean you're a psycho, damn it. <laughs> Indicates, but doesn't necessarily mean. It's not a mirror. It's not a mirror. Oh, God. Uh, but in the on-the-run category, you've got all the Borns, the Fugitive, you know, stuff like that. Total Recall, Salt. Right, right. Actually, well, I found, not Box Office Mojo, but I found some random list, what they call thriller subgenres. And it's a little more, I don't know, it's, it's more detail at the same time more vague and generalized like they say thrillers are broken down into action thrillers conspiracy thrillers crime thrillers disaster thrillers eco thrillers which is i don't know the day after tomorrow or something yeah yeah but then they have a my favorite religious thriller Ooh, what's in the religious thriller category they don't don't give examples but the, the description is this one this subgenre uses history and myths of religion Usually a religious artifact or historical secret is discovered and different people and groups vie for control. We all know what we're thinking for that one. Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Yeah. So apparently Indiana <laughs> Jones, according to this random list, is a religious thriller. Uh, well, Because I know when I was a kid and he found the Lost Ark, I felt pretty close to God's. <laughs> a weird game. I'm trying to find what... See, I- I'm honestly trying to think of an example that's not Indiana Jones that works for that. Yeah. Oh, Demon Knight. Man, that's probably a horror movie. What's the one with Heath Ledger? The Order, I think it was The called. Order. Oh, my that God. That was so I, disjointed and weird. I hated that movie. It was so bad, yeah. So much. Like, you felt like, like they were trying to shoehorn a bunch of stuff from a book in there that you're supposed to know that you didn't, that didn't get explained. Yeah, I, I almost walked out of the theater on that one. It was bad. Ugh. I'm looking at the but game yes. right now. Just because. <laughs> Just because. No, I was, I was looking up the stats. But they, um... This one also has supernatural thrillers category, which I feel is the most fraught with overlap with horror. Like supernatural thriller and horror have got to be almost identical. Like if you, I'd be hard pressed to find one that's a thriller, not a horror. I don't know. Like what? Are, what are some of them? Ah, uh, well, I never saw it, but the thing I talked about that talks about um, the difference between thriller and horror uses a movie. Uh, was use a movie? Windchill from 2007. I actually never saw it. 
but it's about a guy to girl who break down in the middle of winter have to survive like you know arctic temperatures but at the same time there's a ghost of a serial killer coming after them mm-hmm. uh, so i'm like the, the the guy's whole essay is all about why why is this a thriller or the horror or why is this a horror more than a thriller and his argument is basically it fails on both ends but listen to him describe it i'm like yeah it's everything you say about it could be a thriller like look at the halloween movies or even like the first few nightmare on elm street movies that's you said you talk about slasher or serial killer thriller but these are always in the horror section too if you go to the movie you know if you went to blockbuster these would be in the horror section yeah not the thriller right so why what's the difference between halloween why is halloween a horror movie not a thriller like why is it not a, a serial killer thriller and this is what kind of niggles at my mind i don't know i don't know it's uh it's, I, I think that's just one of those things with the category of thriller is it's, it's just it's a real broad brush stroke you know it just, well i i think that probably in the day they marketed it as a horror because right. horror was king you know what i mean right everybody understands what horror is you're in for something dying something disturbing maybe right if you if you were gonna put your movie up against other movies hmm. and you'd want it to be categorized properly <clears throat> they probably thought well horror movies are making all the money let's make this a horror movie even though it's a straight up thriller right so my guess would be the difference between the two is how it was marketed well and, i did and oh, as and, well just as audience goers get more sophisticated oh you know there's just so much competition out there and you know as viewers as consumers of this get more sophisticated and learn what's what you know things are starting things of old are falling into place i don't know maybe maybe there's a future genre i guess, uh-huh. I guess thrillers existed back then too but they probably just weren't as popular as horror yeah but, i mean thrillers have always been around but yeah you're right i think marketing it it's easier to say this is a horror movie and then well i found this quote from alfred hitchcock that he talks about the difference between suspense and surprise. And I, w- I want to say that if it's surprise, then it's more likely to be horror. If it's suspense, it's more likely to be thriller. So he says, uh, we, are, we are now having a very innocent little chat. Let's suppose that there is a bomb underneath this table between us. Nothing happens. Then all of a sudden, boom, there's an explosion. The public is surprised. But prior to the surprise, it has seen an absolutely ordinary scene of no special consequence. Now let us... Su- let us take suspense situation. The bomb is underneath the table and the public knows it, probably because they have seen the anarchists place it there. The public is aware the bomb is going to explode at one o'clock and there's a clock somewhere in the scene. The public can see that it's a quarter to one. In these conditions, the same innocuous conversation becomes fascinating because the public is participating in the scene. The audience is longing to warn the characters on the screen. You should be talking to such tri- about such trivial matters. The bomb is beneath you and it's going to explode. That's the difference between surprise and suspense and what he says. I want to say a horror is going to be more surprise. Jump scares. You know, the thing you didn't even expect to happen. Boom, all of a sudden happening. The monster, like, you know, the person next to you is actually a vampire and they're going to, you know, suck your blood. Or, you know, there's a zombie hiding in the closet that, even though it's kind of predictable, it's supposed to be a surprise at least. Whereas the thriller is the slow build. Like, you know well, what's going to how- happen as time goes on. How many of those horror movies, the the Freddy Krueger, well, more specifically the Jason movies, how many of those mm-hmm. include a scene where you're you're viewing the victims from the killer's point of view? You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. So, I mean, that is definitely suspense versus, I mean, because Friday the 13th has you looking at the victims through the hockey mask 
for, right. you know, for lack of a better way of putting or it. You get that at Halloween, too, actually, a few times. Yeah, there, there's plenty of shots of the victims from afar, like you're the you're the killer looking through bushes at the victims. That's suspense. And there's an equal amount of, like, surprise, you're dead, motherfucker. I got a pitchfork. I'm stabbing <laughs> you through the face. There's plenty of, you know, both right. of that. So it definitely, you know, plays both sides. Well, right here, right now, having not thought of it, I would actually start right now. I would, I, I think I would put something like Halloween or Friday the 13th, in, at least the early ones, into suspense. Whereas Nightmare on Elm Street, horror. Because it's too supernatural and it's too gore and it's too much. A lot of surprises. Like Freddy's going to pop out because you fell asleep. You know, even though the sees it coming, it's not the slow build. You're just. It's right. A, it's a gimmick. It's an inevitability. Yeah. Maybe but it's that. not the slow build. You're not watching it happen, watching it unfold. It's going to boom, be there. You know what's a great uh, movie for building suspense? Um, mm. I want, I'm almost positive it's a Steven Spielberg movie. Um, Duel. You ever seen that? It's a it's a guy in a car and he's driving across. Oh, with the, the with the semi and there's a semi truck. Yeah, right. Never see the driver, but right. he's I did like, see that. He's like chasing him down, but in the beginning it's just harassment. It's not really that bad, but by the end of the movie, like he's doing everything he can to escape this truck driver that you yeah. never ever see the face of. Spoiler alert! Um, <laughs> that's a great thriller. That's a that's a really good right. You know, well, 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 speaking of like great thrillers, if you had to pick one movie that would sum up the the category, you're a quintessential. If somebody's like, tell me what is a movie that is purely a thriller, and if I watch that movie, I know what a thriller is through and through. What movie would you tell them to go watch? I I say the game. The game. Ah, uh, see, I know what my favorite that falls in that category would be, but I don't know if it's the quintessential one. So my yeah. favorite is Silence of the Lambs. That's that's mine as well. Yeah. Yeah. And but quintessential thriller, I would say seven. Yeah, I something like this is would be too hard for me because these are all good choices. Right. Yeah. No well, way out. No way out is a fantastic yeah. thriller. Like mm-hmm. you should right when we end this podcast, you should go watch um No Way Out. It's that good. It's really, really good. Although looking at some of these like, like I looked at a couple of people's lists, rankers lists of top thrillers. One that I've saw a bunch of different lists, and one that pops up over and over again is Memento. Yeah, and that one's it, that's that's such a category shattering movie because it's is it a slow build when you're watching the end as a first scene? You know, like you already know from the minute one what's exact what the ultimate thing that's going to happen is, but it is still a slow build. Like it's in reverse, so you're seeing what precipitated everything, but it works. I don't know. You you want to know what? Is a good thriller to watch. <laughs> Rubber. <laughs> I mean, oh my god! What other, what other movie will give you what Rubber gives you? Is that tire going to kill that guy this time? <laughs> is that Rubber going <laughs> to masturbate while watching the woman take the shower? Oh my god! You're right. I forgot about that. Oh, that's a great movie. Yeah, it, and, I forgot all about that. Oh yeah, oh, that's man. a suspenseful movie for that no is- reason. That's creativity in a nutshell right there. Somebody said, you know what? I want to make a movie about a, a discarded tire that comes to life and kills people. <laughs> My favorite part of that movie is when the guy's bringing the... He reaches in the car window and gets the glass of water, and then he says, like, why does this scene exist? There's no reason. It just exists. I don't know. It was... Yeah, the whole, whole thing has, the, like, an audience watching it happen. Like, they're watching a movie. 
Yeah, it like breaks yeah. the fourth wall. Yeah, it's so weird. It's just it's a it's it's a movie that was made for film students to pick apart. It's got to be, but, but it works. It actually, I'm not gonna say it's cohesive. It's it's probably the just the weird ramblings of somebody that wanted to be profound, but it's super entertaining. It really is. It, I, I love that movie. I was I was yeah. watching that movie and. I was watching it in the living room, and my wife came in, and she she watched like a minute or two of it, and she goes, "What are you watching?" And I was like, "I'm watching this tire kill people." And she just goes, "Okay," and she left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It is. It's That's, a weird. It's a weirdly entertaining movie. At any point in time, I would not blame anybody for just shutting it off and walking away. And I felt the same way about my, that for myself. Like, you could shut this off anytime you wanted, but I didn't. I watched it all the way yeah. through. Nope. Yeah, if I, you're weak. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. you got to watch a movie like that all the way through. I yeah. had to. I had to know where that movie was going. And, and <laughs> that's that's probably my own problem is I will start watching some movies that just seem absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> They're not even all that well done. But I will sit there and be like, where is this movie going? Because I'm, I'm on for the ride. Okay. Yeah. I challenge you then. I I challenge you to watch Deathbed. Deathbed. Yeah, uh, I've, I I've watched Deathbed. You did watch the whole thing? Yes. You told oh, me wow. about it, and I watched Deathbed, and I think it is fantastic. Okay. If you got through the first five minutes, you can get through the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Did you watch the whole thing? Because I saw the clips you posted on Facebook, <laughs> and I was like, this is awesome, but I never actually sat down and watched yeah. After after I saw those clips, I had to go watch that movie. I had in it, and, and maybe it's this the the, uh, the the completionist in me, or here's a challenge, or however you want to call it. I had to watch it, and I sat through all of that movie. Yeah, <laughs> and and I'm oh. proud of that. And I definitely don't think there are many other people out there who would sit through that. But I'm what, one of them. What's the full title? Deathbed, the bed that kills. Yeah, yes. the bed that the bed that eats. The bed that eats. There it is. Yeah, the bed that eats. Because in case you were ambivalent about what this is supposed to be, they spell it out for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's about a bed that eats people. Yeah. They didn't want any confusion, you know? And, and it's, yeah. it's not just that. It's, it's not a bed you die on. Well, not just a bed you die on. It's also a, a movie in which you watch the bed eat somebody, and then you watch the bed digest the person. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And for some reason, there's a gimp behind a painting somewhere just watching. Well, I assume wouldn't, there's wouldn't always you, a gimp behind a painting you had, watching. If you had the deathbed, wouldn't you sit there and watch? I mean, yeah, I would, I I would suppose, be like, yeah. you know what? I, I got this deathbed. I'm not going to sleep on it, but at least I can watch it eat. Yeah. Um, um, shared world theory. The gimp from this movie is the gimp from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> just going to go ahead and say that. And he's, he's just seen things, so he asked to be put into a trunk for his own protection, and Zed yeah. was doing him a favor. Or was it uh, Zed or was it Zeke? Okay. Uh, Zed. 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 No, no, it's Zed. Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead, baby. Yeah. So, uh, see, long ago a demon fell in love with a woman and conjured up a bed in which to make love to her. The woman died during the act, and in his grief the demon wept tears of blood which fell on the bed and caused it to come to life. While the demon rests, the bed's evil is contained. But once every ten years the demon wakes, giving the bed the power to physically eat human beings. Only one man, an artist identified as Aubrey Beardsley, was spared <laughs> as, as the bed condemned him to immortality behind a painting where he must forever witness the bed taking victims. Beardsley! <laughs> yeah. Somebody snorted a lot of coke and said, I gotta name my fucking character. What am I gonna name him? Scratched his face and goes, <gasps> Beardsley. Yeah. 
But you know, somebody made that movie. Somebody spent their money, oh, probably yeah. quite a bit of money, to make that movie. Yeah. And now they're forever immortalized, so money well spent. Well, to the 200 people who know about Deathbed there. Oh, someday more will know. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> right. Well, more people will know now. Yes, you know, all our fans. You're spreading it throughout the world right now. Which is what Deathbed wants. That's right. We're like you are servants. You. We're all servants of Deathbed. <laughs> oh, Deathbed is, is probably oh, not God. a thriller. <laughs> <laughs> it's just good. good. Uh, I think well, I, I just wanted to say that I was not always a big fan. Like, I always loved movies, but I, I was more like whatever HBO gave me or TBS or... USA up all night, you know, those types of movies are the ones that I watched. It wasn't until like I, I got older and was on my own, like mid nineties to me feels like the height of thrillers. Yeah. I was gonna say nineties mm. was like I think the quintessential thriller decade. Because that's yeah. when you had your basic instincts, your silence of the lambs, your sevens, your game. Yeah. Game came out in the nineties, right? Game, yes, yeah. ninety seven. Yeah. Like the best thrillers I think came out in that decade. Like I'm not saying good thrillers didn't come out in the eighties or the aughts, yeah. but I feel like if anybody really... starts Pointing to a, the best, the best of thrillers, they came out then. Definitely, they, I mean, the they fugitive. Were... The fugitive was ninety three, and I think that's a, an excellent Misery. example. Yes, yeah, Misery is a great movie. Excellent, love it. Primal yeah, Fear. Really, like I'm looking uh... at a list right now. Primal Fear, Misery. There's a few up here, like Cape Fear, you know, stuff like that. Yep. Oh, I was, I was one of those people that watched Primal Fear and was absolutely like blown away by the ending. I know that there were probably plenty of people that saw it and wasn't well, as surprised as I was, but like the end of that <clears> movie really knocked my socks off. I think it's been done now, so people wouldn't be surprised. But back then, it was it was a new kind of thing, you know. Yeah, and I like how it's it's actually more real than all these. Oh, somebody has a split personality movies because this is showing. No spoiler alert. He actually. I'm going to say spoiler, and then I'm going to pause so that if you're actually upset, you have a chance to turn this podcast off. <laughs> I'm going to do you this service instead of just wow. being a perfunctory spoiler. I, I'm again. shocked because you, usually you're just like, nope, fuck you. I'm not even going to say spoiler <laughs> alert. Well, they should know Probably by now. This good, and, right? and, and now we're on the other side of the spectrum. We're going to actually right? like give people this this break. Okay, so it, it is. What, it, what is it today? Bipolar piles. <laughs> that's that's my superhero name. Anyway, <laughs> what a terrible superpower! <laughs> I'm here to save you, but you can go fuck yourself. I'm out. <laughs> uh, bipolar man, this lady. <laughs> uh, what the hell was I talking about? Oh, you were primal talking fear. about primal uh-huh. fear. And so anybody guy- that wanted to save the the ending as a surprise should just hit the skip 15 seconds ahead, like five or six times well they've had ample spoiler alert uh time so go fuck yourself uh edward norton <laughs> does go. not have split personality he's faking the whole thing and he fools richard gear and richard gear is a fool a fool yeah. and he knows it at the end it's oh, actually it is a really good ending julia roberts fooled him she was a whore that Wait, whole time yeah <laughs> she got him though she got him yeah yep. she, she played the long game that's a, i prefer to look at pretty woman as a con artist playing the long game and coming out on top Yes, that's like how I looked at it. The sequel would be three months later when she divorces him and takes half his assets because he didn't set a prenup because he's in love. Right, and he has herpes. Yeah, exactly. And he's probably hooked <laughs> on like heroin or something. And then you have Sleeping with the Enemy. It goes right into Sleeping with the Enemy. 
Oh god, which one's that? Sleeping with the enemy is the Julia Roberts one where she her, like she's with an abusive husband. Oh and she, right, right, right. She like fakes her death and then goes and gets a new identity and he still finds her. Like every lifetime movie ever made. <laughs> yeah. Only this was Julia Roberts when she was like cresting the peak. Yeah. I got That was very similar to uh, uh Double Jeopardy. Yeah, I, I, I was just thinking that when you said it where Yeah. yeah. Which was dead wrong, like dead wrong. Like the guy's, she's like, "Oh, I could kill you in front of in Times Square, and nobody could say anything." I can't be. I was already convicted for murder. Prosecuted for the same thing twice, right? Right. It's like, well, it's not the same thing twice. It's it's like one date on the calendar, another date on the calendar. So yeah, you can totally be prosecuted for that. <laughs> <laughs> that was Ashley Judd, right? Yes. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones. You was, know a thriller that I don't like? Let's is, hear it. Michael uh, Jackson. No Country for Old Men. You don't like No yes. Country for Old Men. Nope. That's on the list, and I actually I enjoyed that. I did. I, I liked that movie. I liked I liked the first quarter of that movie when he yeah. finds the money and brings it home. That's what I like. I didn't like the death of a main character off screen in a bullshit way, and I didn't like how ambiguous the ending was. See, I actually enjoyed like I, everybody I know that doesn't like the movie says exactly what you say. Like I wanted the showdown. I wanted you know between whatever the guy's name is Javier, but or whatever mm-hmm. i want the showdown and it happens like i'm sitting there like i guess and i can see that that would still be a good movie but this will now stick in your head because of how it broke the mold like it broke the trope the fact that it, like the fact that it happened off screen that the fact that he confronted the wife and you don't know what happened i i feel like that actually sits in my mind more it, it makes things um <laughs> it, it makes me want a beer anyway uh <laughs> I, I like No Country for Old Men. I liked how the movie was shot. I like how the movie was done. The ending, I, I get what you're saying, Tom. Uh, you know, just certain things. You When you watch a movie, you, you expect to be able to see the showdown. You, get, you expect to see certain things, and when they're not there, there's that kind of that, that void or that vacuum that you're left with at the end of the movie. But um, it's kind of like how a lot of, a lot of shit that just happens in, in life turns out though you know just right but again you know i understand also that you're watching a movie and you don't want it to be that kind of a reflection in life um but it for me that's kind of how i chalk it up to and i i enjoyed the the voyage i liked how it was shot i liked the acting i liked when the the action sequences were there um you know i i understand people's point of views who don't like it i i get it and at the same time i'll sit here and tell you that i i i did enjoy it yeah, well, uh, like I said, the first, it really reeled me in the first bit when he finds the money and runs from the cartel. Um, I don't know. I just thought he was smarter than that. But, you know, I build, what, I build characters up differently in my head and am disappointed easily by them. So that's probably one of the problems that I have. When he uh, finally gets his come up, it's when he like, gets a hooker or something like that, right? Like, does uh, he finally like, get a hooker into his hotel room and then the cartel comes in? Yeah, it yes. it all that kind of all happens. So, you know, it's a moral it's a morality tale. Don't cheat on your wife or you're going to fucking die by yeah. angry Mexicans. Yeah. Well, I don't know that's, uh, that's pretty high-handed of you. <laughs> yeah, I'm all about the morality tales. I want everybody to live oh, yeah. virtuous lives. <laughs> and I want all my movie characters to live virtuous lives. Yeah, very righteous characters, right? Do you, do you know how many letters I've written to Hollywood supporting <laughs> the, the 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 moral gray zones they try to foist on the public? I know. Oh, my my I know hands that. like a claw because I just like ah write so many letters, angry letters. 
Oh, my number was closer to zero. <laughs> okay, but it has a claw for other reasons? But yes. Okay. <laughs> much more sense. Your letters are covered in spit. <laughs> Something. Yeah. You've been sending your DNA in envelopes for a long time. Now Dear you Hollywood. Actually, you, you get to pay somebody to take it. <laughs> I've crossed that line. Yeah. Now I deplore myself. Oh, actually, I mean... You know, it's you. You you address an envelope to Hollywood, California. I'm pretty sure that somebody's going to get it, right. Like, somebody's going to get it. It might be the my FBI. Angry, right. angry fluid-filled letters. <laughs> That's the name of my band, by the way. <laughs> fluid-filled letters. Angry. Fluid-filled. Angry fluid-filled letters. <laughs> so okay. So what are so? Are there any thrillers that you don't like? Like something that comes to mind that you a thriller uh, you dislike? There's tons of fl- thrillers I've seen that were just boring to me. Like. Actually, Double Jeopardy comes to mind for that, where I was just like, meh. Where they're way too predictable, where they're way too paint by numbers. I, I just, I, I can't, I can't get behind them. I can't. I'm never gonna watch them. I know I'm never gonna watch them again. It need to have a little bit of a hook or a twist. Right. Shutter Island is one that's I, I probably I, I want to rewatch again because it has a twist. But I'm trying to see something here. But uh, Taxi Driver is on this list. Watched it once. I get it didn't do it for me i really don't ever want to go back to watch it again really yeah i don't i mean i guess it's it's a cinema classic and it's got you know it's supposed to have like the great acting of de niro and shit like that but it 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 seemed a little hodgepodge to me a little disjointed i remember watching it thinking i don't know i guess i he's he's like a disturbed taxi driver i I gotcha and it didn't do anything for me that's i like taxi driver um and again it's kind of dated and might not hold up in today's standards, I don't, I don't, I don't know what today's youths are watching, but ooh, is it ripe I, for a remake? I bet it oh is ripe God. for a remake, but it would be. I don't. It, it would be, be one of those. Oh, it'd be terrible. It'd the be remake terrible. would be like somebody'd get in the cab and be like, "Bum bum bum bum, cash cab." <laughs> <laughs> They'd have to call Uber. That would be the remake. They would call Uber instead of it, taxi. It'd probably be, be more like the Bang Bus. Ooh, the Bang Bus. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that movie and I get why people don't like it, but it is it that is a what I consider to be a time period piece where it is, you know, that what was that made? Late seventies, I think. Yeah. Uh, late seventies, it's New York. It's you know, when New York was really, really shitty, um and that's kinda where it's wrapped up in and you and you have just that element and now yeah, New York still has its, its shitty parts, but it doesn't have that stigma that it had back then. Right. Um, and I'm not saying like I grew up in New York during during those shitty years, and it relates to me. But I can still remember quite distinctly back when New York was like that to an extent. Death and wish. yeah, Death Wish, exactly. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, um, and and it just has a it has a weird element to it. You know, it has the disturbed taxi driver who doesn't you know he's an insomniac unpredictable um, yep very unpredictable yet he's he has a a love interest she's working this political campaign and he's just completely weird and strange about the whole situation um you know but he's probably if shit hadn't happened that it did then he probably would have gone and become some kind of a, a vigilante of, of sorts you know who knows um, but I find that movie to be interesting. Do I necessarily think it's a thriller? Um, yeah. I don't know if I would put it in the category of thriller. Um, you, 
it, it does hold the formula of stuff building up. You kind of see this guy, you kind of see him falling apart. He's not sleeping. He's not this. He's not that. He's, he's out, you know, you know, he talks about wiping jizz and vomit out of the back of his cab all the time. Um, and that just kind of, you know, adds to this pile of shit and this pile of shit that I think that a lot of it, he relates to the city that he's living in and working in. And, then there just comes a point. So I guess there is a buildup, but I still don't know if I would, I don't know if I would call it a thriller. You know, it's it's too slow of a buildup. Listed as a drama thriller. I would, I would call it a drama. More of a drama. Well, this is why, what you said is why I don't like it is because it doesn't seem like it follows a cohesive line of thought. Like he's disturbed, but he's a vigilante. There's a hero at the end. And it's, I, I don't know. It's like it seems like it's trying to be more than one thing without explaining why it's more than one thing. Well, I, it's been a while since I saw it, but I, 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 I think I think if you watch it again, you you can see the the trajectory of of how that character travels through that movie. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm obviously, you know, when you you know he's mentally disturbed. That is that is right. that is the foundation of it. You know, you you know instantly he's picking up all these overtime shifts, all this other stuff. He's not sleeping, so. It's off to a rocky start, no pun intended, from the get-go. But if you watch it, you can see how it builds and how it ends up where it ends up. You know, he's Maybe in that city, that rough New York, late right. 70s, early 80s period. And he almost seems completely out of place. He, he, he almost seems out of his element, almost, as well. Because he's, like, trying to talk to people, like, oh, how are you doing? And people are like, you know the fuck are you doing here? You know, the fuck are you looking at? You know, stuff like that. So I, I would say, give it another watch. I don't know when the last time you watched it was, but if it hasn't been in the past, I'd say five years, I'd say, watch it again. Give it another shot. 99% fresh on rotten tomatoes. Yeah. And the average rating is nine out of 10. I would agree with that. And I understand that this is, this is always makes the top, you know, 50 list, top 20 list for best movies of all time. And I, it has been a little while. So maybe, it's worth a rewatch, yep. but there's a lot. There's a lot of like classic movies like that that I'm like, eh, yeah. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it's also got Martin Scorsese behind it, so I mean, that's it's got Robert De Niro in it. it. Probably has Martin Scorsese not far behind. Yeah, and I or mean, Leonardo DiCaprio has Martin Scorsese not far behind. Right. It's just it, anything that's going to have him attached to it is going to bring along a lot of clout. So, well, what did what did you think of it, Tom? What do you think of Taxi Driver? Well, I saw it. More recently, and I it was dated for me. I didn't dislike it. Um, I guess if I, it might fall victim to one of those things that so many things I can't say copied it, but have tried to mimic the style. So just like anything that was done back then that was good, there are other other movies that have tried to you know make a gritty movie that tells a weird disjointed story. So. You know, it suffers for me, but I I don't have any dislike for it, much like, you know, any of those movies of that time period. When did The Deer Hunter come out? Uh, Late 70s. Yeah. and It's right around there. It's one of those movies that I feel like I saw when I was younger and didn't understand it. So watching it as I was older and, like, things falling into place, it's more about a feeling for me than anything else. Yeah. You guys get that with any other movies, like... I'm trying to think of another movie that makes you feel a way, but you know more than it tells a story to you. Apocalypse Now for me. Yeah, that definitely. I, I mean, and I think that that's just because I grew up 
or being young and those movies were in reruns already or those movies were on HBO being played back to back to back to back. There's, you know, I don't know as I ever watched half those movies all the way through as a child or, you know, when I was younger. And finally, when I did watch it and put the pieces together, it didn't hit me as hard as it might have had I been an adult back then. So I I just think Taxi Driver is one of those movies. The Deer Hunter is one of those movies. Definitely Apocalypse Now is one of those movies that makes me feel a certain way versus... Mm-hmm. And to some extent, like uh, Platoon and Hamburger Hill and those types of movies make me feel a certain way, too. I like those movies, and those are very good movies with a lot of rewatchability. But those, there's a feeling attached to those movies more than there is, like, a story. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was, watching, I was watching those movies wanting to be a soldier. So I get a feeling from that more than, than anything. I, I'm going to say a movie... That is fucking weird, but I, it actually is exactly what you're talking about. For me, a movie that makes me feel something rather than I can appreciate the plot or anything. And this is very vacuous and superficial, but um, Flight of the Navigator. <laughs> <laughs> every, kid, like, every kid yeah. loves Flight of the Navigator. Hey, don't worry. They're, they're, doing, a, they're doing a reboot. Oh, good, because that's what I was hoping for for years. <laughs> This is a movie I watched, you know, like my, I think my aunt taped it for me and my brother when we were kids, like, not long after we first got a VCR. She, like, gave us, here's a bunch of Disney movies, I think it was a Disney movie, that, you know, I found for you guys. And I remember watching that over and over again and loving it, but the plot was simplistic. I mean, that stupid robot was trying to do P.B. Herman's voice. I mean, it was so dated and so just of its time that uh, it's, it, it will never have, it, it, I feel like it does not hold up to the, the test of time. But every time I think of it, or if I watch a clip of it, I'm like, it just brings me right back to where I was when I watched that when I was a little kid. Nineteen eighty. I don't know. Was it eighty six? Yep. So I was eight Good when it year. came out. Good year for movies. Nineteen eighty six. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck all those other yeah. other movies. Play the Navigator. Yeah. That's what it was all about. <laughs> well, you know, I, I remember. I, think... I remember the movie theater I was sitting in. I remember like sitting in the movie theater watching this movie. That's one of those definitely <laughs> feeling movies. I I just love that your examples are you know. Apocalypse Now, Platoon, Runner. <laughs> I got Fly the Navigator. I got Fly the Navigator, Last Starfighter. Boom! There we go. Well, that I get the same feeling about the Last Starfighter as I do about Poltergeist. You guys know oh, yeah. how I feel about Poltergeist yeah. Yeah. and the neighborhood. I loved that trailer park. Yeah, that, yeah. In the in Goodies. the yep. Any any of those movies where there were a group of kids that were good friends and they were neighbors and they all hung out together. Absolutely, that gives mm-hmm. me a, a good feeling. And the last Starfighter is right up there because you know there was a there was an arcade game there was you know a bunch of teenagers going out to the lake there was you know a bunch of kids running around playing it was that's definitely a good feeling movie for me just like a Serbian film yes <laughs> feel good the movie. kids were so happy go lucky and free spirited right talking about talk about playing with kids oh, <laughs> oh god. I just myself. I apologize. Yeah, I mean, there are certain movies. I, I get what you're saying. There's certain movies that invoke certain feelings, and and I get like for me, it was Stand by Me. All um, oh, right, you know that was, I, you know, I grew up with railroad tracks. You know, not far from the back of my house, and I would get on those railroad tracks, and I would go just about as far as I could go on them where I knew I had to mm-hmm. turn back, make up my time, get home in time for dinner. But 
along walking along those railroad tracks. It was an adventure to what you would find. <laughs> I have a abandoned cars. I have a to, horror story about railroad tracks. Oh, I want to hear it. Uh, friends of mine, we were walking down the tracks, not unlike Stand By Me, but we were trying to keep our feet on the uh, railroad ties and just going fast down the railroad tracks and our heads down, trying to watch our feet as we were, you know, going on the railroad ties. And kind of, we all stopped at once and looked up and there was a dead moose that had been absolutely obliterated by a train. And we turned around and we took off out of there because that was scary as shit. We were probably like eight or nine. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, wow. scarred me for life. I, I, I grew up in the middle of the city, so if you walk too far down a railroad track, you're going to have an adventure, but it was not the kind <laughs> that you would want to talk about <laughs> to anybody later on. I uh, I used to walk the railroad tracks, and I would have my, my pellet gun, and I would wrap it in a flannel shirt so I could walk through the neighborhood and not be too too suspicious. But when I'd get up onto the railroad tracks, I'd go ahead and I'd you know find beer bottles or whatever else and i I would shoot them um and uh sure enough one time i found some kind of encampment i guess that i assume was abandoned um Mm. nobody was there and i inspected it but i took one of their their beer bottles um and i put it on the tracks and i backed up a ways and i shot it with my pellet gun and put a hole straight through it and then i took the bottle and i put it back right out front of their one of their little tents, and then I just went on my merry way. And then I think a couple of days later, I was like, "Well, you know, I'm going to go walk the tracks again and do my thing." And sure enough, the tent and all its other stuff were gone. It was strange, you know. I think <laughs> scared uh, away. I, I wasn't trying to do that. I was just trying to say, "Hey, you know, hi." Other people live here, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> or so, maybe the end of this story is that you found the encampment and now they're all dead. Well, you know, I wasn't going to, you know, <laughs> something tells me there's going to be a knock so, on my door tomorrow morning. Ah, it's going to be the railroad authority, you know. It wasn't a beer <laughs> bottle you shot. <laughs> yes, it was a human head. I mean, no. No, no. Real tracks. With dead moose and dead hobos. This is such a main thing. I can't, yeah. you know. <laughs> right. Like, like you didn't have dead things on your railroad tracks. Yeah. They were just your, gang yours members. was just like hookers. Yeah. Yeah. It was hookers and gang members. It's like, ah, oh, there's another one. We poked it with a stick for a while. If it didn't pop, it was boring and we walked away. Yeah. You'd, you'd, look, you'd check for his wallet and that was it. <laughs> uh, Robert dead gang members. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> what were we talking about? Wait. That was thrilling, yes. No. <laughs> so we um, a uh, a thriller movie that I I did not enjoy or I'm also going to put it as I don't think that it's a thriller movie. Well actually no, I take that back. I do think it is a thriller movie, but I did not like it. Um is Arrival. Uh, I, oh, I I know I know Steve likes Arrival. Um and I understand why people like it. Um I I I I get it, but I just did not like it. It was not for me. Yeah. Well, this is also Maybe a I'm category jumper too. too. Like, is it is it is there something called pure sci-fi? Is it a thriller? Is it just sci-fi? I don't know. Well, if you, if you think about you know being a thriller and there's uh, a building of suspense, um, kind of edge of your seat, you know, yeah, shit's yeah. happening, yeah. then I can see it as a thriller. But I overall, I would say it doesn't meet the formula because it is just kind of the the when you're on the edge of your seat. It's not really on the edge of your seat. I think you're a little more. I don't know. It's it's not intense. I guess so to speak. Like 
personally speaking, I would put that one more to the thinker category. I or would as well. Yeah. Sci-fi drama. Yep. Regardless, I, I did enjoy the movie. I thought the ideas it evoked about language and stuff like that were pretty cool. I had a little time, trouble with the ending. Time travel. Well, yeah, that's that was my problem with it. It wasn't necessarily the time, time travel, but didn't didn't those beings uh, experience time all at once? Yeah, which is nonsensical. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, this is the did... problem with time travel. You start to get a little too... If you use Like we talked about before, if you use time travel as a gimmick, you can make a movie work. If you try to use it as the point, it's always going to fall apart. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, they experience time all at once, so we have to go and help humans out so they can help us later. But, but there we, is no later because... Help humans. Yeah, exactly. But later is before because it's a circle. It's, it's full. And the fact that she saw... Uh, spoiler alert, go fuck yourself. She saw... <laughs> her, uh, you know, she saw her dead daughter and you know, what you think are memories, but actually are flash forwards as time goes on. Um... But she only saw snippets, so she didn't see all of time the way they saw it. She only saw snippets of it. Right. So it, it still didn't work. It still didn't make sense. Even There's even a line where she doesn't realize, who it, like, who's this girl I'm seeing? You know, She doesn't realize what's going on. So it's 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 I, I liked it because of the ideas it evoked because of uh, the way like she talks about language. I thought that was pretty cool. And, and even the, if you can get past the time travel paradoxes, it was an emotional type of thing. Like, okay, would you, knowing that your daughter is going to die young, still still bang you? the dude? That, yeah, yeah, right. Like, it's I, going to cause the person you love to leave you. It's going to cause you immeasurable heartache. Would you still willingly go through it? Are the good times worth the bad times? I liked... That was uh, an interesting idea. I liked the military aspect where there was a definite timetable. The military was in charge of it. Uh, those types of things. I'm... It's not that I liked it because those are the types of movies I like. It's that it was the ridiculousness of it that they were all all countries that had one of these UFOs over the you know they all had some military presence that was in charge of it and manipulating it and there was a race race against the clock because you know the Chinese were going to bomb it but <laughs> you know the, yeah, it ended all, up being, the, the Americans ended up bombing it first and yeah yeah you know. That, the clock was ticking. The clock, the clock was ticking because the Chinese are going to go shit, batshit crazy on it. Yeah, and but no wait, it's the Americans because we're all batshit crazy when you come to the military. Yeah, the political message was a little heavy-handed. Yes, yes, it was no. little, little ridiculous. I'm that movie did not leave me satisfied, but I did like the premise. I, I I'm with you, Steve. That I liked the fact that you know an alien race coming to this planet wouldn't necessarily know how to speak our language or you know there is some sort of universal aspect to how we would yeah. communicate where do you start what common ground can you start with yeah it, and just right. her explanations of the way language worked were pretty cool you know I, that's what i like but yeah it's, it's still a turd it's still a turd <laughs> yeah. no you're a turd you're a turd <laughs> no but i mean like like i get what you're saying about like the the in-depth stuff of it of of understanding language and whatnot i just think that if if you're an alien species and you have the technology to do all that stuff (laughs) yeah um, plus communicate telepathically right i think that you would find a better way you know if they see time then they got to the point where they would know english like if they had to work with humans three thousand years in the future they would know english or something you know, right. Morse code, some bullshit that they could use to communicate with. Right. There should have been a scene where she got fed up and was like, really, this is the best way we can do this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the best way? I'm going to uh, draw a picture. You draw a picture. We're going to call it good. What the fuck? Right. 
Of course, then it would just be like dick butt pictures. <laughs> In the future, we all communicate with memes. Yes. Mm. I hope so. That would be great. Yeah. Pepe the frog everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Pepe Talk the about political message. <laughs> anyway. Thrillers. But okay, so thrillers. We've been talking about movies, but what thriller TV shows you guys popped popped to your mind? Mm. Um, well, this is going to be an unpopular choice. Um, I already hate you. Yes, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there because for me it kind of fits the bill a little bit. Uh, Unsolved mysteries. Oh yeah, no, I, w- I would call that. I would agree I, with you. In the execution, I could say yes. The way they dolled it up, the 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 window dressing. But I mean. It's true life thriller. Yeah, I I'd, I'd say it's as close to a thriller. It, it invokes the same feelings for me of edgy or seat kind of like some of those stories were thrilling. Some of them were yeah, intended I mean, to be scary. Some of them, the music kind of fits the bill for me and the format. Music haunts the, my dreams. Yeah, yes. like America's Most Wanted or something like that. Yeah, it's it, it is like a true crime slash. You know, some episodes would have Sasquatch sightings. Some episodes would have this child's gone missing. You know, they weren't they weren't all cookie cutter, you know, ridiculous UFO things. Some of them were actual like this person disappeared. And like I watched one recently. They're all on Amazon, I believe. Um, And I watched one the other day just to put it on just to have in the background. And it was about these pets that would cross like 400 miles to find their owner. You know, without, you know, what navigation system is a fucking dog using when they get lost 400 miles away from their owners that, have, that are moving to a new state, yet these pets find their way to their owners. It's like, is that irony? <laughs> or is that just a coincidence? I loved Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. So, yes. I mean, I can see both sides of the argument that that might not be, that might not be a thriller. It might be closer to true crime. But for me, for my money, I'd, I'd call it a thriller or as close as I can get to one in a TV show that I like. I don't watch, like, The Blacklist or any of those. Um, uh, what's the new one with Kiefer Sutherland, the um, designated oh, the... survivor? Or, you know, I don't I don't watch a lot of those types of TV shows. Uh, was Breaking Bad a thriller? That's hard to say. I mean, well, I'll, I'll tell you, I got I found IMDb's list of most popular thrillers, or at least a list. I, I, I think it's like official list based on box office and stuff like that. But uh, uh, Breaking Bad's on there at number eleven. Okay, so I, but I it also put that has pretty high. Like uh, like number one is Narcos. Narcos yeah, I, is good. Yeah, I watched like four or five episodes and I wasn't. You didn't like didn't, it? Well, it's not that I didn't like it because it was good. It's shot really well. The acting's yeah. really good. I mean, it's yeah. it's I I. I guess maybe it's one of those shows that when it's all done, maybe I'll I'll check it out. I, I, don't, I don't I don't know if that's a thriller necessarily, but yeah, and this know. is where thrillers like number two is American Horror Story on their list. Yeah, I never watched that. Is I, I I actually would put into the horror category because that has you know jump scares and a lot of gross outs and a lot of disturbing imagery. That's not just we need to un, unpackage this mystery. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think I think American Horror Story is a horror. Weird. I have Walking Dead's number four, so I mean, I think I feel like people get. <laughs> I, you know, I knew I was looking at the can of worms on that one. No, no, I won't. I won't go into how much I hate it. I just no, now, no, no, no. instead of saying I hate a show, I'm just going to make a noise. <laughs> well, why Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> Heroes. <laughs> what about what about uh, but, shows that you do like? You know, what about Arrested Development? 
uh, that's a what's the throw. sound for an erection? Swing! No, the first couple seasons of Walking Dead I thought were great. I They just lost me, that's all. I, and I'm not going to shit on it. I know it, like, it is what it is, and you have to look past certain things, just like any TV show. I just, I wasn't willing to look past it. I just, it's not a thriller for me because it's like, there's not a building, the mystery of why there are zombies will never be solved, ever. We all know that. But, uh, Wait, didn't he, didn't the guy at the CDC whisper the secret into what's his face's ear? Uh, no, nah, the only thing he whispered was that everybody's infected. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, uh, like, you know, it's got, the gross out moments it's got you know the uncomfortable stuff so and it's like a drama horror not a not a thriller yeah i definitely think it's got a lot more drama to it than than anything else but uh number three on their list is ozark so this is definitely like a box office thing or like a popularity thing it's actually pretty good in the last episode you're like i don't know you you think it's gonna go off the rails i don't i I don't want i actually don't want to spoil that one so yeah i haven't i that is on my list probably this weekend i'll finish it the number five is Twin Peaks, which, <laughs> yes, yeah, I never That's saw, but I could see it. Bizarre. I haven't watched it since I was much younger. I guarantee I didn't understand it, but I bet I understand it. I I understood it. Understand it. I want to no, say. No, I, I got you. I understood no. you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I understood it. Fuck, I did it again. I understood it better as a child than I probably could have as an adult. That was very David Lynchian of you. I yeah. think you did it justice. I, I think you're right, though, because I uh, i think it was about a month ago I started watching Twin Peaks. So I I've not the... gotten I've, the original. I've, I still have not gotten through all of it. Um, I had some other pressing matters come up. But the, what I remember, the first episode is pretty spot on with a it's a missing girl and it's not as bizarre. That's what I yes. remember from the first it's, episode. It starts off very very normal and the first few episodes are pretty normal there's nothing really awry you know and then it gets to a point and it turns a corner yeah that's for sure (laughs) backwards talking midget dreams or something what i understand but but i mean there's there's quite a few episodes that you're watching and if somebody told you oh my god twin peaks it's it's crazy it's mind-blowing well you can probably watch the first i don't know five or six episodes of it and you're like, I'm not seeing anything too strange. You know, there's some oddball characters, there's some weirdness, but nothing where you're going to be like, whoa, what the fuck is that? I guess the new season he just did it was pretty well received too, from what I understand. Who did that? Who did the new season? David Lynch. Oh, really? Like, like he got a lot of the, from what I understand, he got a bunch of the same actors back and it's like a continuation. Hmm. So. But how many of that? How many of those critics are people that pretend to get it? Like, oh, I yeah. get it. You, did you get it? Because I got it. I mean, I definitely got it. Meanwhile, like, like, like looking at each other, like a scans going, "You understood it, right? Yeah, I totally understood it. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. I totally. Understood. Oh, it's so good. I can't tell you because I don't want to spoil it. But it is. What so did you good. hear? Was a symbol for the angst that you feel when you're left alone in the world. I don't know. Oh, totally. That's what I got from it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, after Twin Peaks with Stranger Things, which I've been rewatching because I know the second season is coming out next month, and yeah, that's a pretty solid thriller. Like, yeah. it, no. it, you think it comes off as a horror because it's got the monster, but the monster's barely ever seen. Yeah, it's a lot of building of dread and a lot of what's what the fuck's going on. I need to see what's happening. So that's a that's a really good example of a thriller TV show. One of the ones that hits the top of the list though is Lost, which. <laughs> I still can't. 
You're not just start entirely. I'm not going to throw that on the heap like I would heroes. That's because you've invested so much in life. Because I invested so much of my time. In, <laughs> yes, I, I, I can't Otherwise, betray my past self by completely throwing Lost out the window. I can't. I can't do it. Oh, uh, I did. Well, and I, I take it back. I really have to apologize. I did not give it a fair shake after the first two episodes of the second season. I said, That's right. this is not what I thought it would be. I've been waiting for your apology. Finally got it. Finally. <laughs> season <laughs> six could have been the best ever. It was. It ended completely great and everything was... T- I can't even say it. But uh, <laughs> I, I, cannot, I, I enjoyed the show so much in its, hate, in its peak. That I cannot discount it entirely. I got so much enjoyment out of it that I can't. I cannot just toss it away. But thriller, yeah, okay, building mystery, and there was a lot of the edge of your seat. What's going to happen next stuff? I, I, I would, I would call it a thriller. You know, it, it has the suspense. It has scenes of intensity. Um, but I only watched the first two seasons. I stopped there. You know, Lucky. I pulled out. Uh, uh, tell me Westworld is on that list. Um, that see. should be. It's got to be somewhere. Black Mirror's number nine. Oh, The Strain, 13. That's that's horror. See, it's, it's crossing over. So this list is not exactly... Uh, yeah, I'm not seeing it on this IMDb list. That's weird. I'm down to like 36, 37. It's not there. I can't believe well, it. Well, is, is it past 2016? Like, what year is the list? I mean, it's going... 2014, 2016, 2006. So yeah, I'm not sure what IMDb is basing this on. Oh well, Ozark was on it, right? Ozark, yeah. So it's yeah. So definitely, Westworld would have been on it, or could have been on it. But it gives you an idea what people consider thrillers as far as TV goes. Law and Order's on here, so well, Agents of Shield. That's not a thriller. That's just a sci-fi. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's uh it's like a guide, but just like every list in the world, you're gonna find something that you're like, fuck that. That's the stupidest thing. This guy's a retard for saying it, and blah, 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 blah. Then you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. This is the greatest thing ever. Unsolved mysteries. Unsolved. Now, can you have a solved mystery? Would it be a mystery anymore if it's solved? Well, that's probably Did- like saying, yeah, I mean, you could have solved mysteries. It was a mystery before. If it's a solved mystery, then it's just a solved case. Right? Did Did unsolved mysteries ever do updates where, like, I think you so. Know, yeah, at the yeah, end. I of, thought that they did. Yeah, like at the end of some episodes, they'd be like, "Update. Remember that dog that we told you about that couldn't find its owner four hundred miles away? It found the owner. <laughs> oh my god! Or the lights that we thought were UFOs were actually weather balloons. <laughs> it's always weather balloons. Uh, I just looked up Unsolved Mysteries theme song, and the first comment on YouTube is: After watching this downstairs in the garage, my brother and I used to race upstairs so damn fast. Especially after the episodes that have UFOs or ghosts in them. Yep. <laughs> uh-huh. So he was he was scared of weather balloons. Yes, I'm scared of weather balloons still. Swamp gas. Swamp gas. That's a good one too. Yep. I'm I'm actually afraid of any uh, van that has painted over windows. <laughs> oh, I was going to ask you. I, maybe not you, Tom, but you, Rob. Last night, did you hear that fucking thunderclap? Yes. I yeah, thought that... it was an explosion, and I'm not kidding you. I woke up because of that. My first thought was, oh, my God, did North Korea just nuke Maine? <laughs> I am not kidding. You. Yep. I was like, why? I started thinking for a few seconds, all groggy and sleepy. What What? What, what about Maine? Why would they nuke Maine? What's happening? Yeah. Okay, that's then all of a sudden, okay, that's stupid. North Korea did not nuke Maine. Yeah, no, that was about what? It was like quarter past three in the morning? Yeah, so I, actually, I watched my clock, and then I watched the power go out. It was like 3.50. Okay, because I had gone to bed, and yeah. That went off, and I sat right up in bed. Yeah, I was, 
and my daughter came shooting out of her room, you know, right into our bed. The dog started trying to <laughs> dig a hole through the floor in the closet. Like, yeah. It, and it went on. The, 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 uh, yeah, that thunder went on for a while. Do you know what I would have done with a loud thunder clap? I would Piss have yourself. Great, nope. Slept great through it. <laughs> nice. That shit, I, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. My head hits the pillow. It doesn't matter. My head hits the mm-hmm. pillow, and I can be asleep in like ten seconds. But when I go to sleep, uh, that's it. Game it's over. Like a, Game over, adapt- man. Adaptive, Game adaptive uh, skill you learn because you got to sleep where you can when you have two little yeah youngins running around. So, what do you want to do with thrillers? Are we good? Thriller. I'm thrilled with the thrillers. I think that we're pretty good. I, you know, I, th- I think with thrillers again, I said it earlier, but it is not a real easily defined category it it's there's speckles of other movies you know that end up in thrillers that might not necessarily be a thriller on its own you know we've seen i'm looking at imdb's list there's jaws there's kill bill um Mm. shutter island um Dark Knight, Kill Bill, The Professional, The Departed. There's just this huge range of, of movies that can fit into thriller. And I think I think you could make a movie about melting crayons and you could call it a thriller. You know, I, th- I think that's just too, you know, it's not well, easily defined. What, what has Crayola been... Apocalypse. Yeah, exactly. Which crayon is he going to melt next? I don't know. Oh. With, uh, the, the movies that have been presented to us as thrillers based on imdb and box office mojo and rotten tomatoes the movies that we're being told are thrillers once upon a time i would have told you that i gravitated towards them that would have been my cup of tea now it's almost i don't know if i've moved on or the genre has expanded to be too broad i don't know but i i don't feel as though i i'm seeking that i don't like maybe the storytelling from thrillers has been done and until something you know something groundbreaking comes out to do something new you know and brings me back in i you know based on like the game and stuff like that the stuff that i told you that i liked i that was certainly right there in the top for me and not so much anymore i don't think i i don't i don't know i i think i i look for these movies you know i look for but i don't the the thing that I have is that I don't seek out the genre of thrillers to find them. I find mm-hmm. them elsewhere, whether it's action, horror, sci-fi. That's where I find them. I don't I don't right, look out that a, category. It's a huge net, you know. It's yeah. a huge net that they cast out and they get all these like uh, the thing. Is that a thriller? No, that's horror. Well, for me, it's it's like a double, It's like a catch twenty two. Where like like you said, Rob, I'm not sitting there trying to hunt down a thriller like this new movie's coming out as a thriller but if i watch a preview for a movie that looks like just a generic you know there's a stalker going after this woman or there's this crazy mystery that needs to be unraveled i'm not going to be excited about that what i need is a hook a twist something original being said and the catch-22 comes in is how do you know there's a hook until you actually see it right right so a lot of times it ends up being i need somebody that has bothered to see it either the internet or a friend or family member something like that you tell me, oh, yeah, this is worth seeing. This is something that's going to be up your alley because it has this crazy twist at the end that you're going to like. So, like, you know, you can go to YouTube right now and just type in trailers, and you're going to see two dozen movies that will be solid thrillers that 
are almost indistinguish- indistinguishable from each other. So I'm not going to go to the movies to see these to pay money for a ticket or even spend my time sitting down watching on Netflix unless somebody has told me this has a twist to it. Do you know what's a good thriller that just came to mind when you were saying that, that they kind of blend and stuff? Um, and I'm going to describe the movie. Hopefully one of you can come up with the title because I can't remember it. But Steve Zahn is in it, and it's about this couple that go on vacation and they're at like a like a watering hole or like a you know like a swimming rock or something like that and they bump into another couple that they're a little bit less than you know honest or they, I, they I know, come off I as criminals the, i know the movie that you're talking about. what's the yes. name of that uh, isn't it something like paradise or it's something like that i'm gonna go look at steve's on movies that's what i was just about to do here because <laughs> that is that is a good movie i i would yeah i don't that's not ringing a bell for me it has okay. Mila you know Jovovich in it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, Mila Jovovich. You know what this good Steve Zahn movie is? Uh, it's a Strange perfect Wilderness. getaway. Perfect getaway. What, what is it, Steve? <laughs> Strange Wilderness. Not a thriller. <laughs> no, not a thriller. Not really. But then uh, I love that fucking movie. <laughs> perfect getaway. Uh, I'm not going to spoil the end for anybody, but a perfect getaway is a really, really good thriller. Mm. Maybe not the quality game, or maybe... Same quality, different caliber. Okay. I, I I would recommend that. Yep. Definitely. Perfect getaway. I, Go. You know, usually I can, I know a movie if I haven't seen it, but that one's not ringing a bell for me, so... I bet if you watch the trailer. I bet if you if you watch the trailer, you'd, you know... Yeah. But yeah, it. so thrillers, it's like, it's so diluted now. Like, they'll, they'll call everything a thriller. That's such a crossover genre that I need to be intrigued by some element of it that I haven't seen before. Or at least scene but not in quite the same way for me to invest so like we talked about the 90s being the the decade for thrillers i need to see something that i think is going to be like the game sounds of the lamb seven um something like that you know something that i think is going to affect me and at this point it's going to be word of mouth more than any kind of trailer i see yeah because trailers don't want to ruin the ending but i need a good ending to make it worth my time well and that's what i gotta say about that (laughs) i concur i thrillers Especially since there's so much competition for my time, um, it's it's got to really be highly recommended, and it's got to reel me in. I'm yeah. trying to think of something that I've recently watched that. Oh, The Handmaiden's Tale. I guess maybe not ne- technically a thriller, but it came highly recommended. Both you guys like it, I think, and yeah, I, like it. I, I really have to dive back in because I, I had a problem with it the first episode and I couldn't get into it. I'm not going to gush about it, but it was worth watching. I liked it. Yeah, I agree. It, it's worth watching. It is. Um, heavy-handed in yeah. some instances of you know of feminism and that that sort of stuff. But I think if you just kind of try to take it at face value, right. you can you can watch it and be okay with it. But it, you know if if you're somebody who um, you know is easily susceptible to heavy-handed political messages, then you you can sit there and be like, ugh, yuck. Yeah, there's a reason why it's winning all the awards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's not because of the high caliber acting. I mean, the, the acting's fine, don't get me wrong, but there's a message in that Hollywood really, really likes. That's why it's I, nominated I wanted, for all the awards. I, I, I was hoping that, you know, if somebody took that same premise, and I know I talked to you guys about this, but turned it around, as opposed to having the women who are fertile be like these submissive slaves actually turned it around where they were the ones in power and they ruled with an iron fist. Um, you know, I, 
I think I'd get on more on board with something like that. Well, we talked about that last yeah. week when there's, yeah, there's yeah. an episode of Sliders where yes. they, they slide into a dimension where women are in charge and they are not necessarily like at first you don't think they're enslaving the men. There's just not enough fertile men. So when they find one, they they lure them and come to find out that they're enslaved for their sperm. Yeah. But you there's what? a pretty good episode of Sliders that's like that. It's funny because you make jokes like, oh, god damn, I would love to live in that universe where, you know, just it's me and a bunch of women and I'm in all demand all the time. But think if you think about it this way, practically speaking, if you were one of the few fertile men, you wouldn't just be going around banging women and impregnating them. You'd be hooked up to a machine. And oh, yeah, you'd be hooked up to a machine. All day long. That's, yep. that's what you would do, which, you know, might be fun at first, but after a while... <laughs> Yeah, could we could we get a different setting on this machine? You're like, yeah, right, please give me right. some new porn, for the love of God. This is getting <laughs> Change the channel. <laughs> or I all the women you'd have to bang are like 400 pounds. Yeah, they're back. You know. Fertile women or something. Yeah, right. We're oh. making some odd social commentaries here that we probably don't mean to make. I don't know. <laughs> it's all right. Or do. I don't know. It's fine. It lures in the listeners. <laughs> a little controversy. It lures, the, lures them in like... Fertile, fertile people. Ooh, it lures yes. them in like vans Milking. with spray painted windows. That's right. Here like comes the music. <laughs> free hand jobs. The adult version of free candy. <laughs> uh, well, I learned oh, tonight that the adult version of free candy is free candy. I like candy. Who doesn't like candy? Like I would go into that van. I really would. Yeah, I pity, as the, an, I as pity an the rapist in the van because <laughs> I'm going to eat all his candy and probably punch him in the teeth. Well, that's the thing, you know. Yeah. As an adult, a, a van pulls up and says free candy. At this point in my life, yeah, yeah I'm going to go for the free candy. What are you, You're going to try and rape me? <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, willing to take a, I'm willing to take this, this uh, risk. I think I could take a rapist. I could, going in with my eyes wide open, I could totally, you know, foil the rapist. I think I, I think I would just be more flattered that somebody is trying to rape me. <laughs> you know? I'm on somebody's uh, list to be raped. Wow. Hey, thanks. <laughs> Thanks for your consideration. Now I'm going to have to kill you. Hey, buddy, you made my day. I just want you to know. Yeah. Ooh, I or, just... Or maybe it could be different thing. Women rapist van drivers. I don't... That's a, that could be a thing. Yeah, I just, that happens. I just thought of another disappointing thriller. Uh, law-abiding citizen. Was that with Ving Rame? Oh, no. Uh, Viggo no. Morrison? Jamie Lee... Uh, Jamie Foxx, right? Jamie Foxx and... Uh, but- oh, Jordan I know. Butler. Yeah. And it and would have been was- awesome for the end. Yeah, the the first three quarters of that movie were unbelievably awesome. It was yep. so cool, and then the end ruined everything. Yeah, the end everything. was so that's that's a really good example of the ending, like a uh, quote unquote twist ending, ruining the movie. Yeah. So, yes. like, if they would, it could have been completely redeemed if they would have just had the last two seconds of the movie show Gerard Butler like on a street corner smiling. Yes, and they, they could redeem the entire movie. A hundred and ten percent. That would yeah. have been the best ending for that. I would have sacrificed the fact that this guy outsmarted the smart guy. You know what I mean? Like, right. that would have redeemed it. Agreed. Yep. Two seconds. A two-second throwaway scene would have redeemed the entire movie. Yeah. Okay. So, thrillers. That's okay. Put away. So, did you come up with a Name That Tune movie for this week? I did. I did. So did uh, I. I. I actually have two. One for you and one for Rob. See, I only have one, so I figured Boy. whoever can guess it. I'm sorry. <sighs> I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, God, um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> let's see. 
I'll give the hard one to you, Steve. That's yeah, you will. Mm. (laughs) So you're gonna go into the van wide open? Hard beef taco. Uh, that was the highlight of my night. Yeah. Highlight of my night. Okay, you ready? How many, ready. How many clues do you think it's going to take you? Oh, I got to do the wager again. Three. I'm saying, I'd say three this okay. time. I'm going to get three. I'm going right. to use three. I think you can. I, I probably okay. wouldn't. <laughs> Maybe I'll give you... Uh, okay, I'm just going to go. The year is 1994. Okay. And it is currently, as of right now, a little bit of a controversy, but I'm going based off box, box office mojo. The top grossing... G movie of all time. Okay. Uh for Aladdin? Oh you're 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 on the right track. Little Mermaid. No. Oh, damn. Okay, keep going. This this one will probably give it to you. Uh Elton John did the music. Oh, uh, Lion King. Yes. Ah uh, nice. So I would call that technically I'd call that technically two clues because I gave you the year, but that really wasn't Yeah. So yeah. top grossing G movie music by Elton John. I think you did well to come up with Aladdin like right out the gate. Well, G movies, you I think you automatically go toward Disney anyways. Like your yeah. mind goes there. Do you want to know an interesting fact about The Lion King? It's based on the, Hamlet? It is based off Hamlet. But okay. it was produced by Disney's B team huh. as a project to keep people busy while the A team worked on another movie. The other movie was Pocahontas, which ah. was compared to The Lion King, an absolute flop. Yes. It was it was still it still made money because it was Disney, but I um, yeah, I never actually saw Pocahontas. Yeah, it was saw the Lion King, but never saw Pocahontas. Much more adult themed and um, not didn't, as kid friendly. Didn't Pocahontas come out like two or three years after the Lion King? Like I don't I, remember I, them being close together. I think it was ninety five. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Lion King came out in ninety four, and Pocahontas came out in ninety five. I believe. Okay, but yeah, the uh, the B team was working on the Lion King while the A team was working on Pocahontas and nice. how the worm turns. Suckers, um, but the well, it's like uh, we talked about we talked about in that um, how to make movies episode the A movie B movie B yeah. movies were always shown. I bet you anything you can name a hundred B movies that are much more recognized and beloved than the A movies that they were shown right. next to. More entertaining and right, more entertainment value. All right, Rob, you ready? Not really, but we'll try. Okay, you got this. I believe in you. You're the only one. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the number 10 movie of 1999. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Guinness Book of World Record holder is regarded as the biggest box office success based on budget to gross. Budget to gross. Titanic. No, no, no. I'm saying the budget was like, the budget was $60,000. Oh, and okay. It, okay. And it made a lot more than that. Millions okay. and millions and millions. Okay. Um, so, 99. Guinness Hold Book on. of Records recognizes it as the biggest success. I am going to go with Blair Witch Project. Yes! The yes. Blair wow. Witch Project. Damn. Okay. Wow. Good job. Wow. I impress even myself. My <laughs> other clues were it was filmed in eight days and was virtually unscripted. Yeah. Uh, and um, to promote <laughs> Discord among the actors, the directors gave them less and less food every day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a Stanley Kubrick shit right there. Yeah. I, I, got, I always got to say, full disclosure, I thought Blair Witch was real when I saw it in the theater. Yeah. Like, I'm that guy. I uh, I remember seeing that movie in the theaters with a girlfriend I had, and I had seen all the hype and stuff like that, and I knew it wasn't real, but I told my girlfriend the entire time that it was all real. 
<laughs> and even at the end of the movie, after we saw it, I was like, yeah, this is, this is real. This is one of those, you know, they, they found the, the videos and she was out of her mind for like three weeks before somebody <laughs> finally told her. But I didn't tell her. Yeah, she ended up being a bitch anyway, so it didn't matter. Um, so I, I have some. Okay. So, uh, Steve, this one's for you. Okay. And uh, and I feel bad because I only found one. Shit. <laughs> that's that's okay. I'm on Skinner status with you. So yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> I think that I I have a lot of faith in you. I know that you'll get this. Okay. The year 1975. <laughs> okay, we'll move along. Okay. Um, it is into this movie one hour and 21 minutes before you see the actual quote-unquote star of the film. Alien. No. Damn. Okay. Uh, okay. The opening scene... Let me scratch that. Let me give you a different clue. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it away. I, 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 don't, I don't think it's a good enough clue. Um, oh, 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 oh. Jaws. There you go. Ah. You got it. You got it. Just like ah. that. Uh, clues clues I did not give you were... Um, one of the title ideas that were not chosen was... The Silence of the Deep. Okay, that would have uh, probably given it away. Yeah, that would have given it away. Uh, one of the other clues was the opening scene took three days to shoot. Yeah. Um, and then the last clue that I had for you was John Voigt, Timothy Bottoms, and Jeff Bridges were approached for a major role in the film, uh, which I believe was for Chief Brody. But they all declined. Uh, I don't George Lucas... George Lucas is the one who made a, a suggestion for, um, uh, was it Rob Schneider? Yep. Not, hmm. Yeah, or Roy Schneider. Roy Schneider, yeah. Roy, Roy Schneider. And he was the one who accepted. And he did, did a work. fantastic job. He did an excellent job. Jaws, now, my, num- my number one movie. I love it. I could watch it a bazillion <laughs> times a day. One thing I remember, I believe I heard that the, the woman, the girl that got killed first in the opening, got all kinds of fucked up in real life. She did. They actually yeah. had her. Um, they had ropes and cables and yeah, pulleys that's what hooked it was. up to yeah. her. And uh, Spielberg didn't didn't tell her when she was going to be pulled which way or this way or that. So it would be really, really real. And so those guys were just yanking her, and she was just really, <laughs> really screaming, really panicking. And um, I guess they only, I guess they uh, almost ripped her in half, basically. Yeah. So like I guess her pack got problems after that or stuff like that yeah i would i would imagine it, it's a pretty impressive scene so yeah. all right tom all right. yes you ready for yours i am okay the year is 1987 okay one of the best years for movies ever almost 86 was the best but 87 yeah. still pretty good yep this movie cost less than or right at the mark of one million dollars to make okay uh, let me see if I can give you something. I have faith in you, so I'm going to, this, is, this is a challenge. This is why okay. I chose you for this one. Okay. The director of this movie actually went to the library to get a book on directing. Ooh. There were two books, but they were both out. And he is quoted as saying, oh, I'm so fucked, I don't even have a book. So this is their first directorial, this is their directorial debut? Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. 
Um, let me see if I can give you... There's some good clues here. I'm just trying to think which one's going to help you here. Um, the villains, villains were inspired by punk, Catholicism, and S&M. Robocop? No. Is that even 87? I'm not sure. Punk. You want some more clues? I've got two more. I'll take another clue. I'm trying to think of, there's a whole bunch of movies, uh... That I remember seeing, like, people with mohawks and the bad guys were, like, a ragtag group of punks. That I'll take another clue. Okay. Um, Jennifer Tilly auditioned for the lead, but was passed over for a much lesser-known actress. It's not the best clue. So but I would Jennifer consider... Tilly, she was... I don't know if that was before Chucky, because that made her, I think. Or Tales from the Crypt, or... She was, she was that scream queen. Yes. You're 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 on the right track here. Critters? No. <laughs> All right, I'll take another clue. All right. You, this, is the la- this is the last clue that I have. They actually had a maggot wrangler on set. Poltergeist. No, that's early eighty. No. Wait, what year was this? Eighty-seven. I think I know. Wait, yeah. With a maggot wrangler. There was an actual maggot wrangler on set, and he had to um, actually shower one of the actors with maggots and would apologize when he had to throw them down her shirt. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I probably Well, basically maggots everywhere, really. (laughs) Maggots everywhere. Okay. 87. I can give you one more clue. I don't know how helpful it will be. I'll take it. The last clue is that in the end scene, the house where the, the incidences took place was supposed to be burned down. But because they only had $1 million, they had run out of money and therefore had to leave the house standing. But they this, did do scenes in the movie to show destruction. This all sounds like super familiar, like director commentary. You will punch yourself and you will punch yourself in the dick. Uh, is there? You... Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Is there a song in the movie, like a specific song? You mean like, like as if it had some kind of a soundtrack? Yeah. Like was there? Like in the eighties, there were a lot of movies that like they attached a song to it, mm. like Cry Little Sister for the Lost Boys. I'm gonna okay, say see, no. I, I was thinking it was the Lost Boys. No, it is. It is not the Lost Boys. Um, there was not any type of um, lyrical soundtrack that you would hear on the radio from this movie. Maggot Wrangler. I want you to think more about uh, the villains were inspired by punk, Catholicism, and S&M. I'm hung up on movies from 87. See, now I'm thinking of one, but it was such a... Man. I'll I'll give you another clue. Well, okay. Okay, I'll stop. No, 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 uh... I'm just trying to think of movies from 87 that had houses that would have been. Uh, <laughs> Hellraiser? Yes. There you go. Uh, you got it. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking Nightbreed. Did you ever Night see that Breed? one? That was like 91. <clears throat> was that or was that late? Okay. I, see, I, late I 80s say... and late 90s bleed together for me a lot. Nightbreed's a good movie. Nightbreed might not have been 91. It might have been okay. earlier than that. Like So while you guys were talking, I actually... Looked up a second one, so I do have one for each of you. Oh. Not not tailor-made, so I guess flip a coin, but I do have two. Okay. <laughs> so who wants to go first? I will. My brain just melted, so. 
<laughs> okay, I'll go. Okay, Rob, you go. I'll I'll give you my original one, Rob. How about that? Okay. All right. So this is 1995, uh, which I guess we're not counting as the first clue. So that just tells you the year. <clears throat> so the lead or one of the leads for this movie actually turned down a role in Apollo 13 to do this movie, which isn't a great clue, I know. There no, that's. Uh, I'm sorry. It's not my question. I'm just trying to think that. Like now you can eliminate three people. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's not a Tom Hanks movie. It's not a Kevin Bacon oh. movie. You're right. <laughs> okay. Uh yeah. I'll I'll take the next clue, please. Um Christina Applegate actually turned down one of the lead roles and Robin Wright Penn was rejected from one of the lead ro- from the same role. Okay, so we have a movie in nineteen ninety five that apparently nobody wanted to be in. <laughs> Or was allowed in. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, is your third clue going to be, you know, Robert Downey Jr. and everybody else that they yeah, weren't in Robert it? Downey Jr. was not in this movie. That's my third clue. No. <laughs> <laughs> the third, okay, so this one, the third clue is actually, I don't know. If, I remember hearing this before, so I might give it away. But the executives were against releasing the movie as it was filmed. But the two main stars refused to promote it unless they kept it as is unless it was unchanged so like the executives hated the ending but the two main stars like we will not promote this movie if you change the ending and the f word is used 74 times but i won't count that as a clue <laughs> fuck was said 74 times i don't know why i said that word i'm not censoring myself. And i got I'm one pretty, last clue i'm pretty sure like. i know what movie this is okay let, let me hear the last clue okay and if i don't get it we'll let tom take it Besides these two leads and besides the female, there's one more character, one more actor that was one of the main leads. He made sure his name was not on the opening credits or even on the promotional material so that the audience would be surprised when he got revealed. Oh, okay. Uh, Seven. Seven! There we go. Yeah. So, that last clue. would have been Christina Applegate. Okay. What's in the box? What's in the box? My daughter says that now. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So, Tom, I got one here. Let's see. Here. Okay. Now, this is not as polished because I had to, because I felt guilty. So, here we go. Um, <laughs> so, this movie was 19, wait, 1982. June 25th, 1982, if that helps you. Oh, summer movie. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So, this movie, first and foremost, it was a flop with both the audience and the critics. And. It was probably E.T.'s fault because it opened two weeks after E.T. Deathbed. Death- <laughs> yeah. No, are you kidding me? That opened to rave reviews. <laughs> but think, think theme-wise. Why would not just opening but E.T. Right. So theme? Alien, so with- like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. You're kind of on the right track, kind of. Right. Like Alien, UFO. I think sure. Close Encounters of the Third Kind was like 78, 79, 80. I don't remember. Uh, I don't have that. It's not that, so I don't. I don't have that year in front of me. So an alien movie. Hmm. Okay. Ish. It, yeah, it is. It is. It's an alien movie. But there's a reason why ET detracted from it more than just the both being alien. Movie. All right. I need another clue. Um, okay. So it's often called a remake, but it's technically not a remake of what people say it's a remake of. The person that made this movie liked the original, so he didn't want to rip it off, so he went back to the source material that the original film was taken from, instead of just the film itself. Oh, Jesus. Terrible clue. <laughs> no, it's awesome. It gives it right away. Uh, not a remake. 1982. It's, an, it's an adaptation, but it's it's a Adapt- remake. That Well, it's not a remake technically, but it is 
according to everybody that knows about it. Um, All right, I need another clue. Uh, one of the most iconic scenes from the movie was filmed using a double a double amputee. That's awesome. <laughs> so this goes back to the ET thing. The reason why ET heard it because ET was about a benevolent alien. This is about a bad alien. Because if you're going to use a w- double amputee, it's probably not going to be a happy movie. God, what came out in 82 that was had a bad alien with no arms and no legs? Well, not that the alien had no arms and no legs. But, but somebody person- in the movie had no arms and no legs. Well, double amputee can mean two limbs, right? So it's not necessarily no arms and no legs. Oh, I suppose, yeah. So yeah, I'm at a loss. Okay, the lead, the actor for the lead role almost killed himself with a stick of dynamite when he was doing the movie. <laughs> I hope I've seen this movie because it sounds great. Oh, you have. We all have. Okay. It is great. It's awesome. Stick of dynamite. Uh, well, okay. Vill- I'll, I'll, I'll give you this one too. Go back to the remake thing. The original source story was called "Who Goes There," and that's almost that's insane. all you have for clues. <laughs> not <laughs> not a good clues, at least. One that well, might help you. Okay, here's. Let me walk you through my thought process here. Okay, I got one more clue, but if I say this one word, it probably will give it away. So I don't want to go there quite so well. Quick. The way I'm going, it's not. My thought process is... Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. All male cast. Completely male cast. Might help. Ice Pirates. <gasps> Did that happen all male? No, he had a mob, right? The kid had a mob. Oh, wait, Ice Pirates. I think of Time Bandits. No, Ice Pirates had all kinds of women in it. <laughs> Terrible. Okay, let me walk you through my thought process. My thought okay. process is, if it suffered, then it wasn't in the top ten. It has since become a classic. Like, a true uh, horror classic. Oh, a horror? Well, it's got... Somebody missing arms, so that and a bad alien. So I mean, I know I can think of like two movies. Which ones? Poltergeist and ET. Yeah, not, no, maybe ET probably chopped off somebody's arms. <laughs> you know, whether, Phone home, motherfucker. Sequels. Yeah, yeah. Watch, watch the movie Laser Blast. I think we talked about this. The aliens look like ET and they're evil, but this, this is not that movie. Okay, I got one last clue. Okay, it takes place in a camp. Well, technically, in the narrative, two camps: a U.S. camp and a Norwegian camp, and they're actually, for the shooting purposes, one and the same. And I'm not talking like it was a Norwegian camp. It's like in the movie, in the script. It was a United States camp and a Norwegian camp. And at this point, once I say it, and if you don't have it, you're going to kick yourself. I got nothing, man. I can't think of movies from 1982. A lot of uh, claymation, stop-motion animation. Some of the best stop-motion animation ever. The Thing. There we go. Motherfucker. <laughs> that was tough. That was really tough. I don't know. I feel like eighty-two. Yeah, I I feel like man. Like man, this has got to get away. Oh, this has got to. Not that I'm not trying to shit on you, but I'm just like, wow, these are so. Yeah, when you know the movie. Yeah. I guess I didn't. Actually, for me, I don't know if you would have said who goes there. I would have actually got it because I didn't know that. Yeah, there it is. Great movie. I wonder if it didn't do well. See, it's uh, the scene where the doctor's doing the autopsy and the thing comes alive and chops his arms off. That's the WM double Let me look and see how much money it made. I gotta brush up on my 1982. <laughs> I just revealed the chink in your armor. Yeah, that was embarrassing. Oh, apparently, it didn't come out in. Well, I guess I gotta go to years then. So while you're looking that up, we're I'm guessing moving on to trivia, right? Yes. So do who wants to tell us about our ignominious Tuesday night trivia experience? Oh gosh, Mexico. <laughs> we Mexico. We decided to go back. Okay, there it is. The thing made 19 million dollars. Yeah. Next to uh, ET. Yeah, it, it, it that does suck for the thing. That was a great movie. Doesn't even have a worldwide gross though. So anyway, yeah. we decided to go back uh, and see if we could try our hand at trivia again on trivia night, and we went back in force with Rob 
and another friend of ours, Don, and we kicked ass. At yeah, the we did. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'd, I'd say we thoroughly kicked ass throughout. We just made one mistake, and it cost us the entire shebang. We did. We could have won the whole thing had we wagered. This is this is going to be not our curse. This is going to be a good lesson for us because mm. the secret to winning that trivia quest, the trivia is to go all in on your points at the end. Right. Like if we, we played it safe and it was a mistake. Yes, you can't. And he even warned us. He even said, this question is going to be great for people that have a lot of, uh, have very few points because the people with high points are going to be apprehensive about wagering. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about and, that. He, we, yeah, he, he did exactly what he said was going to cost the game. Yeah, so we strategized and decided not to wager any points, and we got the question correct, but we couldn't capitalize on the points. So We were in second place. We were in second place, and we ended up being so far out of the top three that it's not even worth talking about anymore. Yeah, that's right. Yes, so, forget that, about it. That, this, and we got a question wrong that we later Googled that the guy asking the question was wrong. Yeah, well... Um, so we don't sound like horrible, horrible people when we keep saying fucking Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not Mexicans. It's Mexico. Mexico. The uh, the question was, which North American country? And the guy was a little off on this, too, because he kept saying there's only three choices. Well, there's actually more countries in North America than three, which a lot of people think Canada, U.S., Mexico. There's there's Cuba. There's the Bahamas. There's Jamaica. There's Guatemala. There's a lot of actual countries in the North American continent besides the big three. But mm-hmm. having said that, he said, which country in the in the Americas, in the North America, puts the most uh, puts in the most working hours per year? Was it? Yes. Per yeah, year. It was on average, what North American countries' citizens work more. And me and Don were convinced that it was the United States because we both know we read this at different places that the United States is known throughout the world as long hours, low vacation time, blah 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 blah. The answer ended up being Mexico. But Tom Googled it, and what he Googled said United States. Rob, Let's, you later well, Googled it and agreed with Mexico, right? Yes. I found some other reports that said that our – it, it broke it down per week. And per week was the U.S. does around 34 point something hours a week, while Mexico had 41 point whatever it was per week. So, yes. It was right, even though, you know, still – Fuck Mexico. Well, I feel like there's a weird statistic to that in that if you look at total number of hours worked, I bet the United States would beat the pants off of Mexico because more people here have jobs. But if you look at of the people who have jobs, who works the longest, then it would be Mexico. So maybe that's <laughs> you know, All right. Right, right, so, right. So, you, so what you're saying is that just because you, you, you dig around in the dump looking for scraps for, for <laughs> 45 hours a week, that doesn't count. Okay. Oh, what I'm saying is the 20 guys in Mexico that have a job. Do that job a lot. Oh, wait. Okay, okay that's not a bad one, though. But well, anyway, that's we, that illustrates the point. Like, you've got a lot of people in the United States that work, but it's a lot of part time. It's a lot of whatever. Whereas a lot of people in Mexico don't work, but the ones that do work more than the ones that you know on average. Oh, so you're but saying there's at, not accurate recording of who's actually right. employed and those hours that they put in. Like the total number of hours that workers do is higher. Our average number of hours that workers do in Mexico is higher because there's fewer workers. Whereas, just I mean, look at the economies of the two countries. So we're going to have more workers in this country. This is not a racist thing. I feel like I right, right, I sure. A couple weeks ago, I'm not being like a horrible racist here. This is just statistics. This is math. Right. 
Right. Just, okay, just like kind of like the Holocaust thing there you talked about. Yep, I get you. Sure. <laughs> the Holocaust is bad. The Holocaust is really bad. <laughs> the Holocaust was terrible. We don't support the Holocaust. Should not the have Holocaust happened around here. Bad Holocaust. <laughs> bad Holocaust. All right, let's let's do some trivia. All right. Okay. I'll uh, I'll kick things off. Uh, Rob, seeming how you're the guest, do you want question A or question B? Which one's easier? Um, they're both kind of bullshit questions, so oh, I'm okay. not, I won't play <laughs> either. All right, I'm going to use this give, opportunity, if you know what I mean. <laughs> okay. All right, give me whatever. All right, Rob, I will give you uh, this. I will give you a range. What is the weight of the average cloud? The so if you, if you looked at the clouds in the sky, there's an average size. Uh-huh. What is the weight of that cloud? Now, I will give you a range. You can be higher or lower by 25% of what the answer is. But you won't give me the unit of measure. I just, it's, it's in pounds. In pounds. In pounds, what is the weight of the average cloud? And I will give you a buffer of 25%. <sighs> so the weight of the average cloud... Um, it's probably something really ridiculous. Um, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say 200 pounds. You are too low. Too low. I will go out on another limb and I will now say 900 pounds. Too low. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Let me, if, are you thinking in extremes, like how could something be up in the sky and weigh, you know, anything more than 200 pounds. I'm trying to think of a mass of water particles. And then you take all those particles and then you compress them down like like say it's like water particles and then you put them into whatever a tank, so to speak. Mm-hmm. What that what that would be. And I'm trying to think of average sizes of set clouds and i'm trying to think of how dense they are in vapor and you know like i don't know the averages of of such things so so if if i'm saying to you that only 200 pounds is an extreme that is the extreme on the low end you need to be thinking extreme on the high end 2000 pounds higher <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> okay Oh man. Okay, hold on. Let me let me just stop and try to try to. Uh, I'm thinking about you know flying in an airplane. We fly through a cloud. Planes and, are pretty big. Air, yeah, airplanes weigh way more than 200 pounds. <laughs> yeah. So I am I am gonna go. I'm gonna go extreme. Go extreme. Uh, I, I am going. You, I'll give you 25. percent Well, that's not helping me. But um, I am going to say. I'll I'll go extreme, and at least what I think is extreme, and I'm gonna say fifteen thousand pounds. You ready for the answer? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm toast. Yeah. The weight of the average cumulus cloud is one point one million pounds. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> extreme. Wow. wow. All right. Yeah. Okay. One point one million pounds. Wow. All right. Well, if all of that fell on you at once, woo! That's a hell of a fog bank. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well. Okay, Steve. Uh what US city gave a key to the city? Detroit. 
Well, you didn't. You didn't listen to the whole question. Okay, give it to me. Uh, in 1980, to Saddam Hussein. God damn it! I was going to use this one at one point. I'm sorry. You I'm were. Sorry. <laughs> okay. For I actually listening... came across this and I was like, oh, this is awesome. For the listening audience, what U.S. city gave a key to the city to Saddam Hussein in 1980? It was Detroit. Detroit gave the key to the city <laughs> to Saddam Hussein in 1980 because have... he donated yeah. a shit ton of money to a church. Yeah, that's what it was. That's, I guess I was trying to remember why it was because he gave him money to a church. I want to say that they liked the cut of his jib. <laughs> it's like you know, you know what that's saddam hussein he's got some good ideas he's he's a u.s ally he knows how to give shit to iran we're gonna we like this guy we like we like his mustache we like everything so let's give him the key to the city plus the choice known for its uh sex slaves and right body what do you suppose he did with that his sex slaves i no, don't know what would you do with sex key slaves? to the city let's talk about that for a while what would, what would if you had a sex slave if the key to the city was your sex slave what would you do <laughs> All right, you got trivia for me? Uh, yes. And I guess, yes, it will be for you. And I uh, probably shouldn't give this question, but I'm going to because fuck it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to phrase it this way. What country Detroit. was responsible? Okay. Yes, the country of Detroit. <laughs> what country was responsible for the first anti-smoking campaign in history? Extra points if you can guess the person, the leader of that country who initiated it. Anti-smoking. The first anti-smoking campaign in history. I am going to use my noggin, and I'm going to say uh, Adolf Hitler in Germany. Fuck you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I know, I know this is a, you know, maybe an area I should have tipped my toe into. <laughs> to be fair, I found this little trivia nugget before the, the dark episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, he, okay. So the guy was evil through and through. He was an evil dude. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in there, at the very least, was one good decision. Yeah, if I had a guess, and I did not look this up, but if I had a guess, his thinking was, well, cigarettes come from Jews, so you can't smoke any cigarettes. I was thinking more along the lines of his one good decision was putting a bolt in his mouth. Oh, <laughs> Put, well, there you go. Putting a gun in his mouth and pulling the trigger. That was that was, <laughs> that was one a good decision. decision. Yeah, that was... Because the Holocaust was bad. <laughs> Did did he poison himself or did he shoot himself? He shot himself. He shot him and Ava Braun shot themselves. Right. Yeah. Have you ever seen what... of Ava Braun? No. I, I... Well, I'm. Yeah, I'm sure I've seen a picture of her. I just she's so unremarkable. I guess that. Yeah, I was gonna say because for being a dictator, she wasn't that hot. You think he could have his pick? He didn't pick wisely. Well, maybe he was into that kind of thing. She had something. She was crazy, crazy enough for him. Yeah. She. He needed to find somebody that was going to be like, yeah, like go ahead and kill millions of people. I don't give a shit. You know. <laughs> whatever i like the mustache yeah I, I always like charlie chaplin so i'm in the yeah you your paintings are fantastic and i <laughs> love the alps the reason you couldn't get to art school is because the jews and then he was in love <laughs> <laughs> sounds like we're right in uh steve's wheelhouse here <laughs> <laughs> man that reputation is just gonna follow you <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't know how i okay i'm back i got nothing i'm gonna stop talking I'm going to have to high-five you, you know, next time I see you, right? Yeah, you know? right. Steve is not a white supremacist. He is not <laughs> a neo-Nazi. I, I am not a neo-Nazi or a post-Nazi or a... Yeah, it's just simply a coincidence that he likes Charlie Chaplin's mustache. That's right. I, like I said, I came up with this trivia tidbit long before my faux pas. <laughs> Do you and want to explain that painting of a shepherd behind you? That, is that a German shepherd? <laughs> 
<laughs> I love head. Urban Shepherds. My favorite dog ever was the German Shepherd. Oh, God. <laughs> it's all coming together. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, How could this be? Dog. Um, the dog's name was Logan, and that's based on, you know, Wolverine. So that's not... he. Hated and he was too. a total anti-Nazi. He, he fought the Nazis with Catch America. Boom. Yeah. Redemption. Yes. Yep. Sure. Digging away over there. Yep. <laughs> all right. Okay, do you well, have a... The one I have for, for Rob is not quite as controversial. Okay. I know. I'm sorry. I so was hoping a, it was going to be something like, how many thrusts does it take to get the pink sock? But, well. It's uh, it's approaching that, sort of. Okay. All right. Good. Good. Well, we haven't so, we haven't really gone to perv corner today. I yeah, know. That's true. Right? This is terrible. So, I got, this is a kind of a, I don't know, it's almost like a name that tune version. Because I got the actual trivia question, and if you can't get it, which you won't. Thanks. Yeah, I know. But it gives me excuse to move on to the actual trivia hit. So this is a famous rock and roll star whose real name is William Bailey. Won't that's you come home, clue. Bill Bailey? Won't you go? Okay, never mind. Yeah. That's the clue that I'm sure you probably don't know because I've never heard it. I mean, maybe I'm underestimating you. I apologize. but It's Billy I, Idol. No. Okay. Continue. The real clue is that his stage name is an anagram for oral sex. Ah, pervert corner. <laughs> and I guarantee you he partook. In the oral sex. I mean, Giving you, or receiving? Maybe both. I don't know. Drugs are fun. <laughs> I've never done lines of coke I can hook his ass, but I'm sure he has, so who knows where it went. Um, so just is this, a, mem- is this a member of KISS? No. You just visualize the word oral sex and think of those letters. What can you scramble it up to make a, the name of somebody super famous? Mm, so it's like, what the, what, what, are the, what do they call that? Like an anagram? Yeah, anagram, right. He likes singing about rain and children. (laughs) (laughs) Rain and and children. Or at least one child. At least one child. Uh, So Axl Rose. Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. Okay. You you, you pretty (laughs) much gave it to me, but... um, yeah, it, I definitely think we took a little turn to, to Perf Corner there, just a little bit. <laughs> I was, I was, it's a flash, of, a flash of inspiration when I said raining children. I thought that was pretty good. I can dig it. So you know, Hitler and implied pedophilia. That's what I'm all about tonight. We're, right, we're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I had clouds and dictators. <laughs> Wait, you had a dictator? Yeah, dictators for everybody. Yeah, dictate them all. <laughs> okay. I actually managed to find mm, three trivia questions here, but um, uh, I think we'll stick with. All right, who who wants to go first? I guess I'll go first. Uh, yeah. You'll go first. Okay. Uh, I have confidence that you will get this, Tom. This is not very difficult. Um, Setting the bar low. Yes. I, I have full confidence that you will get this. It is not tricky. It is not twisty. It is not an anagram. It has nothing, nothing to do with the Holocaust or Perf Corner. Yeah, you say that, but just wait. <laughs> well, <laughs> watch me work. <laughs> what does VHS stand for? Oh, man. Very hot and sexy. Yeah. The V has to stand for video. Correct. I want to say the H stands for head. Mm. No, okay. Right. Video head syphilis. Yes. <laughs> uh, video high standard. No. Think about think about VHS and think about 
beta. What? Not only what they were, but where were they? Like Japan? <laughs> no. Think more on the uh, consumer level. He just said moron. That was a veil to dig at you. No. No, it wasn't. No, Shut I up over so. there, Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> like if I could get shit on Holocaust, I'm going to give it back. <laughs> uh, where they were. So in the living room, TV room. You're you're right there. Think of it in the broad Video screen. home service. Syphilis. Syphilis. Ah. <laughs> Video home sexual desire. Ah, you're, you're you're so close. <laughs> Video home set. Super close. You're on fire. Video home service. Getting a little colder. Video home station. Video home sarsaparilla. Video home saxophone. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're so close. Uh, saxophone. saxophone. Wow. No. Uh, home entertainment system. There you go. Video home system. Yes. Wow. Yep. Yeah, that is my wheelhouse, and I just totally dropped the ball on that. I, I, I'm sorry. I no, built you I up. Probably, uh, I probably knew that at one point in time. Yeah. No, I, 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 I never heard that. Crap. I, I, I built you up, and I, I'm do you sorry. Know, do you know why VHS won over beta? Isn't it all some kind of uh, sneaky marketing ploys? And... Oh, there was nothing sneaky about it. There were two industries that chose VHS. Do tell. The, uh, the porn industry. <laughs> <laughs> porn, porn chose VHS, and thus, yeah, uh, porn and Disney went VHS, That's therefore funny. Beta died. Uh, when you said porn, my next thought was, uh, was Disney for the second one. <laughs> yep. If, if por- Just because. If, that covers the gamut. If porn had chosen Beta, we'd all be talking about the Beta. Uh, VHS would die. Same went for... Uh, Blu-ray and uh, yeah, HD, HD DVD. Disney chose Blu-ray and bye-bye DVD, uh, HD DVD. <laughs> now, Beta was better, right? Wasn't it like people in the know always said Beta was superior for some reason? Probably. It was probably more expensive, too. Uh, that's the only thing I can think of. The expense of it, because otherwise, you know, whatever would have been most easily accessible, porn would have gone that way. So we did. We took it right to Pervert Corner. Yeah, there we go. Right there. Pornography. Porn makes the world go around. How much of your life is shaped by porn? Let's be honest. (laughs) Ways we don't even know. It keeps going. On and on and on. (laughs) It's a gift that keeps on giving. For about maybe maybe two minutes, and then you're all done. Yeah, well, not if you're into the story, you know? I'm just saying. You gotta be invested. (laughs) All right, Steve, you ready for yours? Probably not. Um... Think here, real quick. I don't want to give you anything too easy. Okay, I will take. I will accept the last name. Hitler. I figured you would say that. Get out of the way. Um, the last name of it can be the father or the daughter. Oh yeah. Don't stop. Pump the brakes there. Oh, he's a, pumping a, something. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and it's not gas in the, the chamber. Um, a father-daughter <laughs> duo. Oh my god. <laughs> coined the phrase gag me with a spoon i know so father if you can give people. me the last name of either the father or the daughter i don't know any goddamn father daughter doers in general it was featured in a song the song is valley girl yeah i figured that was with nick cage and shit but i don't gag me with a spoon is this fairly famous duo well, you you know well, the daughter isn't as well known, but the father, you know who this is. Yes. You may not 
you may not pay attention to them in, in the entertainment industry. Uh-huh. Presley. It was Elvis no. and his daughter. Totally. <laughs> no. Jeez, I got... who? So somebody that was making movies or making songs in the early 80s, right? I don't yes. remember the exact year. It was probably around the mid-80s, I would say. Early, mid-80s. Yep. And it's a terrible song if you've ever heard it. Well, it's almost Judd. entirely dialogue. Yes. Wow. Judd. It was Winona Judd and her dad. Uh, no. Do you mind if I throw a clue out there? Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. I got nothing. Think Gonzo. Crazy. Wacky. Herman. Pee Wee Herman and his daughter. <laughs> Boom. Got it. Nailed it. Uh, uh. The, the daughter that he's trying to get you to say the last name, her name is a is a wacky name. It's not a... By Zappa. any... Think... What, um, no. What'd you say? That's a Zappa. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Oh, was it? Oh, shit. Yeah. Was it, what's the name? Moon Beam or some shit like that? It is. Yep. It is Moon. Moon, yeah, yeah. Oh, yep. There you go. You did well with that. Uh, Sorry to jump all over your shit there, Rob. No, no, no. No, no, no. Uh, Add, adding, a little, add a, adding a little fuel to the, the fire or the furnaces, whatever Steve likes to call it, you know? That helps. <laughs> the showers. Showers. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's good. That's keeps on. I I, I, I did have happen to have two other questions. If you guys are yeah. game, if you yeah, spent, let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, this is this, this is your this might be your last hurrah. So yeah, let's yeah. Do it. Okay. All right. Two last questions. These are both historical type questions. Okay. Um, I have number one and number two. Uh, I think number one is fairly easy. Number two is slightly difficult. Who would like which? It, Steve mm. has a coin in his hand. I'm sure he'll flip. All so right. call go it, ahead, Tom. Call, it, call it in the air. Heads, tails. All right, Steve, your pick. One or two. One is I'll, probably easier. I want to. I want to redeem myself. I'm going to take the. I'm going to take that difficult one. Okay. Okay. All right. One. Yeah. Give myself the challenge. Yeah. Give the dumb guy the easy one. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is so when I fail, I'll have an excuse. Like, well, I took the hard one. I'm oh, okay. Gonna... Well, this is um, you know probably right in your wheelhouse. You know. Um, goose stepping and all that stuff. So, okay. What is the second most produced firearm in the world or has been the most produced firearm in the world? This might not be a firearm that is currently being produced, but has been produced in such mass numbers that there's so many of them. Is this my question or Steve? This is Steve's question. Oh, he wanted he, he wanted to be smart. Yeah, 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 right. No, I wanted to give myself an out. Um, <laughs> see, I don't know my firearms almost at all. I'm going to say uh, Colt. Uh, 45? <laughs> wow, you're terrible at this. Yes, I am horrible. You really uh, don't know your firearms. This is going to be very model specific. I will tell yeah, you so that. You might as well just give this one to Tom because I have no <laughs> idea. Okay, hold well, on. I have no hold idea. On. Let, let me guess. I'm going to tell you number one. The number one most produced firearm in the world is the AK-47. Okay. And its numbers are not exact. There's quite the spread. There's anywhere from 35 million to 150 million AK-47s in the world. This model um, being number two, again, I do not believe or. I will say with confidence that this model is not being produced to this day. See, that that throws out my first guess, but it, I still have my second guess. See, I would say like the M16, but isn't that just the same as the AR anyways? No, it's not the same. 
And it is not the M16. All right. The Kalashnikov. Wait, no, that's the AK. Uh, yeah. This this is much older. The Luger. They make Lugers now, don't they? Um, the Gatling gun. <laughs> yeah. you, you have to be specific, and that is a wrong. It is not the Gatling gun. <laughs> <laughs> the, again, this is a tough question. I, I, I am embarrassing myself. I'm going to stop and let Tom get a shot at it. All right, I'll take. I'll throw. My first guess was the M1 Garand, but that if it's still being manufactured. So my second guess would be like the Springfield musket. No, that's not correct either. This is a um, firearm of again, and this is why I I thought Steve might get it. And it's, you know, it's it's German. <laughs> oh, do you have any guesses, Steve? Uh, uh, uh no. <laughs> the, the Mauser. I'm going to give it to you. It is the Mauser Gavir 98. Uh-huh. And it is estimated at, again, number two spot in the world, 20 million low figure to 100 million high. Wow. So I guess this proves that I'm not a Nazi. Um, well, this, this, this gun was used from 1898 to 1935, so your whole Nazi Germany thing was just right around 35. So you, right. you, you capitalized on the K98 Mauser. So. Well, he would have been... I guarantee you was Nazis commander. with this. Yeah, he no, would have had some panzers under his <laughs> command. I would have been one of the apologetic ones. Like, hey, we, we did some shit. I'm sorry. My bad. No, I you, told you, don't, you don't apologize for shit. <laughs> no, if I was a if I had been a Nazi, but since I'm not a Nazi, I don't apologize. So you're you're, you you're, you're kind of like the the spoiler alert Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a grammar Nazi. Does that count? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, Tom. Yes. Again, this is probably more in Steve's wheelhouse. <laughs> I like how we uh, we reverse this. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I I have confidence in you. This is this this question is not very difficult. Um I know that you have been in the past a fan of history and so is Steve. Uh it's just that, you know, Steve is of the Axis, but um <laughs> so <laughs> World Central. War 2 We say central power. <laughs> you mean, did you say white power? <laughs> white wash. He said central war power. of northern aggression. That's oh, what I see. Oh, right, right, right. Damn right, right. Okay. World War II. Okay. <clears throat> which was the first Axis power to surrender? And extra points if you can name the date or even the year. I'd say Italians. That is correct. And I would not be able to name the date. But, uh, boy, didn't they take care of Mussolini? <laughs> 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 they worked quick on him. Uh well, 44? That's what I would have said. It's actually earlier than that. Was it 43? No, no, it was 43, but it's not, it's it's somewhat later in 43. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't be able to come up with the date. I don't yeah. know. It, w- it was September 8th of 1943. Oh, so we just missed the anniversary. Yeah, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, Mussolini. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they had a party in Italy. They probably separated. Yeah, they had a party and they hung him in the town square and like stripped his skin or some shit. They really fucked him up. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, wow. They didn't miss him much. I gotta. So see you don't have thing. a lot of neo-fascists in Italy, but you do have them in America. That's fucking weird. Let's see. Let's see if there any an execution. You know, I swear I read somewhere that you can do seven degrees or that six degrees of Kevin Bacon, and you can connect him to Mussolini. I'm sure you can. 
Absolutely. Because he actually starred in some crappy Italian film, and boom, it went from there. Boy, they fucked him up. You can go right to Google and look up the Mussolini executions. Woo-wee! Huh. Look up Mussolini and Kevin Bacon. I'm going to do it. <laughs> That's a Google search you probably don't see too often. Or maybe you see it a lot. Ooh, Benito Mussolini has a bacon number of three. Whoa, that's oh, pretty impressive. Damn. Well, I don't know if this is true, because somebody... Adolf Hitler has a bacon number of four. Benito Mussolini has a bacon number of three. Franklin Roosevelt has a bacon number of three. I don't know. There's no sources. Jesus, I bet I have a bacon number of three, then. <laughs> <laughs> I think they should update that. Your your degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon. I think hmm. they should find somebody new and interesting. Wow, you're right about the images. Oh... They were not kind to that guy. No, no. You chose yeah. the wrong side, dude. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's what you get for being a douche. Yep. Fascists don't win. Or shouldn't. Just remember that, Steve. <laughs> I've learned my lesson. I've announced my <laughs> Mussolini ways. As he announces the top deck of his Panzer tank. <laughs> right, exactly. Yep, yep. I'm not a fascist. You better agree with me. Boom. Is that why you always have, uh, you know, the, the cyanide tablet just kind of hanging out? Yeah, I, think, I think cyanide tablets are good to have, no matter your circumstances. <laughs> like, you circumstances. You never know just, when you're going to need one. You never know. Yeah. We've all been in a situation like, man, I wish I was dead right now. And <laughs> with a cyanide tablet, you could make that happen. <laughs> Bring it back. Bring it back. I'm redeeming it. Yeah. You can mark it for, you know, goodbye pills. <laughs> <laughs> Forget me now. <laughs> Forget me forever. All right, I got to go. All right. Yeah, it's about that time. All right, Rob, well, it was nice knowing you now that you're moving on. Hey, well, I want to thank you guys for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Um, If the event ever occurs where you would uh, like some disturbed input, I'll be more than happy to take a a day off for the following recovery and participate because it's always a pleasure talking with you guys. Nice. And in the meantime, I'm serious. I think we should record your voice and use out-of-context snippets <laughs> just just to... Well, spoiler alert, we just did record his voice. Yes. No, I mean, get you to say a whole slew of like just non-sequitur weird phrases, and then we'll just throw them in there and random points throughout one podcast and see what happens. Okay. Like midnight farts. <laughs> midnight farts. Grass turds. I like we might <laughs> The dog's tongue is wet, long, and smells like lavender. See, we could do a lot with that. Labby! <laughs> long, wet, long, long, wet, wet, long. <laughs> wet and long. Oh, all right. Well, I am uh, I'm Saddam Hussein saying... Wow. Whoa. <laughs> goodbye. <Man. laughs> Taking the spotlight off. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I am Bob... Uh, oral sex rose, Scully. <laughs> Say, sweet child of Monday milk. Yeah, well, you know that's an anagram for I hate Jews. <laughs> but I love the Jews, and the whole house was like, damn it. <laughs> uh, man. And uh, for just for tonight, I will be Mussolini soggy cornflakes patent. Right on. All right. Dip me in your Monday mail. Dip me in your Monday mail. All right. See you later. Bye-bye.